everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> Uh, I'm Victor. I'm Max. I'm Kitty. And I'm D-D-D-D-D-D-Pad. I'm so excited. Me too. So is the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yes, I was so excited I wrote a poem. <clears throat> well, oh first of all, I think oh. we should we should talk about the fact that, um, does it have to do with the movie specifically? No. Oh, okay. Then go ahead and read the poem. No, no. This is just, uh, it's just a little something I wrote. Uh, let me stammer through it here. So, uh, here's here's the poem I wrote. I wasn't sure if D-Pad could join us this week, and that made me D-Sad. When D-Pad agreed, I was very D-Glad. But I think what I have to say about Hereditary will make Kitty very D-Mad. That's okay, though, because D-Pad is D-Rad, and not having that D-Lad here feels D-Bad. This is the third time we've had him on, so it's not just a D-Fad. Nah, I, th- I thought I-, I found some other stuff that rhymed, but I'm like, oh, I'm fucking tired now. <laughs> that should be the ending of the poem. Like the- and I thought of some other things to say, but I'm fucking tired. That was... That was beautiful. It was Thank very you. Creative. It was very I, heartfelt. It yeah. was. It, well, I felt it in my heart. Um, so if you're wondering what the fuck you just walked into, um, <laughs> we are Hounds of Horror. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. We and are. this is a sometimes weekly podcast where we get together and talk about horror movies. And sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, we Actually, we talk about hounds a lot. Um, in particular hounds. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Uh, we have D-pad on. Sometimes we yeah. do, and it's not just a fad. This is thrice now. Once. You guys all make me D-glad. It's not just a phase. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Well, it seemed fitting to have him on this week because we did Hereditary, as Max mentioned in his oh, poem. That's right, that was the one that brought did I D-pad into our oh yeah I did Mid- sphere of Solmar. Yeah, that was the first one um, I reviewed. Was we have now done one hundred percent of the Ari Aster full feature films that have been released. Hopefully, that ratio stays that way. Oh, it will because whenever there's another one, it'll still be a hundred percent. Well, I was hoping they would put Ari Aster away um, for his own safety and for the safety of the public at large, too. They do make places that take people like him. Um, you know, they're called sanitariums or prison. Would work just as well, I think. 
Um, so he's actually working on one that's going to come out next year uh, called Disappointment Boulevard. And it... Uh, Aptly named, I'm sure. It has um, Joaquin Phoenix in it. Okay. Oh, blimey. And um, it is described as a four-hour nightmare comedy. I'm in. I'll pass. <laughs> oh my! Deepad, you can go over and do a different movie. Like you don't have to do that one. Oh, oh, it doesn't. Like I wasn't saying I'm. I'm in for reviewing it. I just said I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. Oh yeah. Four hours. I don't know that of anything that I can do that holds my interest for four hours. Um, Nothing from Ari Aster. That's for we sure. We used to play Ark for like. 13 hours a day. That's yeah. different. It didn't I will hold say my this. interest. I just felt compelled to do it. I will say this. In a time... In a time... Of Netflix and Hulu... And chill. And... Yeah, exactly. And and uh, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, you know, uh, all these original shows coming out. People have gotten really into binge-watching. And I think the reason for that is because two hour the the standard two hours just isn't enough time to tell the story the kind of story that people want to hear nowadays. I'm really weird though. Mm. I like my time watching things to be broken up by endings. So like, okay. I would rather sit and watch a TV series for like eight hours than sit down to watch a two hour long movie. Agreed. Interesting. I like I, Gravity Falls. I like there to be some <laughs> finality at the end. Yeah, yeah or like stopping kind of, points. Yeah, like I can breathe for a second because that issue has been resolved or whatever. Okay. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. The issue of Ari Aster has not been resolved yet. I don't know that it can be. I, I don't think it is an issue. Tomorrow. Call them the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Just see if they'll go arrest them. They might. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen these films? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is clearly unhinged. That's all I'm saying. I, I heard there was a petition to keep uh, Jeff Bezos in space. Is he in space presently? He was apparently taking off in his own private space shuttle to go to space for something. Today? I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but there was like a 50,000 signature company, petition for him to just stay there. His company, his space branch of his company, Blue Origin. He will never catch up to SpaceX. Never. No, ever. I don't think he intends to. What does to. that sound? I think those are the voices in your own head. We're all connected. Let's give Ari Aster something he wants. Let's launch him into space. <laughs> And then just leave him up there. Like, he'll freeze. He'll be immortalized forever in orbit of the Earth. What you're describing could be the next Ari Aster film. What you're describing could be murder. <laughs> Not if he agrees to it. <laughs> I don't... And then we won't have to watch any more Ari Aster films, and he will be forever remembered. Just as a side <laughs> note, Aster does mean star. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. And Ari rhymes with starry. Because so. he has some weird, uh, you know, weird, like, inner turmoil about cults and needing to sacrifice people and, like, probably sex and stuff. I think he has some weird inner turmoil about death and grief. I don't think he should try to ruin the rest of humanity to get through his grief. 
I'm so glad you joined us for dissecting Ari Aster. <laughs> Freud's not around anymore, so... I'm going to psychoanalyze this guy right here. I'm not qualified to do that at all. Right. I just bet if I tell him I have one seat on a spaceship to take out to space, he'll say yes. There he goes. So... I think you have to let him know that he won't be coming back or else Legally, that's, yeah. that's murder. I think he has to know the whole plan. <laughs> I mean, he who's going to know? I mean, these things aren't usually televised. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just another satellite launch. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're talking about Hereditary. Hereditary. Um, Hereditary. It is one of the A24 productions, and it is an Ari Aster film, as we have already discussed. Just real quick, that guy's really pissed off about being in that picture. Yeah, he is. Like he's really mad that he was in the picture. Oh. Like he's just um, Penguin mad. Town <laughs> Sorry, on Netflix. Hurry this up. <laughs> their their cover photo or whatever the man is angry. Yeah, for whatever reason, we have our TV on right now and it's that going through. The- I haven't had direction so for thirty though. years, <laughs> <laughs> and I get one now over a fucking penguin. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a weird turn. But are, we, are we allowed to f bomb here? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're just not allowed to. Um, what were we talking about? Behead Polaroids. your mother and put her in the attic. Um, no. A corpse. Sorry. Spoiler Palindromes. Alert. That's the one. That's not what a palindrome is. You're not allowed is. to palindrome. That's not what a palindrome is. <laughs> do, you, do you have the, the actors? Oh, actors? Well, we have Gabriel Byrne. Hang on, real quick. I just want to make it known that I would like to visit Rome and bring my good friend D-Pad with me so that we can pal around Rome. <laughs> Yeah. That's the worst thing that I've ever heard you say. What? I am. Um, okay. But okay. it had me in it. What yeah. makes this... I just sang instead of... You keep going on about palindromes, and I just, it just sounds like you want to pal around Rome. I don't um, know if there's any palindromes in Rome. Uh, word that rhymes with Rome. I mean, drome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, may I help you? The reason why I actually picked Hereditary is because um, June 8th, was the three-year anniversary of the release of Hereditary. And as such, Dear Ryan at Ryan's Ink Space was running a Ari Aster sale. Um, Why? Because <laughs> he didn't want to have it in his house. That anymore. is oddly specific, <laughs> but continue. And I just... Also, I'm sorry for assuming their gender. wrote me a nice little thing he didn't actually write it i don't think it was printed on the back there it says Um, please god buy them all i can't have them here anymore no he um actually did this art which i will post pictures of on our wow that is instagram it's great and it is a picture of the treehouse from hereditary and if i disregard what it's about i can appreciate it as a really good looking picture and then i also got i think every artist wants to hear that danny print Oh wow, she she doesn't look happy. Um, and well, she doesn't in most of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she like yeah. Um, but there was also this uh, uh, photo. This it's a sketch. It's a sketch of one of the photos from the film of the grandmother. Uh-huh. And on the back, it has the letter that uh-huh. was written uh-huh. inside of the book that Annie found. So it's just was really fun that's cool um i mean the artwork's very very good that he did yes 
and I'm gonna double check with him that it's okay that we talk about him but it's they're really good and really nice and that was why I picked Hereditary because I was excited about it weird <laughs> thank you for justifying that <laughs> um thought you were going to say that it was the anniversary of Ari Aster's brain being released from cold storage <laughs> put back into his body. No, so thank you, Ryan, for those. I'm excited because we're um, actively house hunting and I'm excited to have like a little nerd room slash horror room that we can have like all of our nerd stuff and horror stuff in. Nerd cave. Uh-huh. Nerd. Hopefully the nerd outweighs the horror. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've started quite a collection. <laughs> like since we started Split this it down the middle. This is the nerd half. This is the horror half. Don't cross There's the tape. line. Yeah, stereotypical sitcom. Uh, so we have Gabriel Byrne as Steve Graham. Uh, a lot of you may know him as Keaton from The Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. and in case you didn't know. In The Usual Suspects, Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. I love spoiling that for anybody that's never seen it. I love it. It's my favorite thing. It's a good chance that if you've never seen the movie, you probably don't have an interest in seeing the movie. <laughs> and if you do eventually see it, you probably won't remember this conversation. So it's it may be a spoiler, or it may just be anecdotal information. Um, <laughs> this is I think it's the of... same thing as a palindrome. Okay. Yes, Steve. This is the kind of movie that as soon as you watch it, as soon as you're done watching it, I don't know about you guys. I can't speak for you guys, but if you're anything like me, as soon as the credits started rolling, the only thing you can think is, what did I see? What it did took I you watch? That long? To <laughs> <say> that? <laughs> so after after you're done, the only thing you want to do is look up other people's interpretations. That's what I'm trying to say. Huh. I say that lovingly as somebody who appreciates this movie a lot. Well, um, as soon as it's done, you think, "What did I watch?" <laughs> if you explain some of it as we go along, um, I might increase my ratings at the end. Uh, oh. He was also in Ghost Ship. Yes, he was. Which I'm not sure. If, I, I don't know if I'll ever pick it for this. I mean, oh my god, it's like literally my favorite horror god. movie. Seriously, I just love it so much. Why? It's just so good. It's, it's so, so ridiculous, cheesy, and it has like a song in it. it's just so good. <laughs> and honestly, right. it has my favorite opening scene of a horror movie. I don't know about. That. I love it so much. I can think of some better ones. Anyways, uh, so we have uh, him, Gabriel Byrne. We have Tony Coletti as um, Annie Graham. Annie, Anna Graham, Annie Graham, Annabelle Graham. Um, I feel like I saw another movie where she plays another. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Krampus. Yeah. Another, like, wealthy housewife who is angry at her kids for something she was also in wives out not wives out knives out and she also played that character everybody get your wives out (laughs) (laughs) pull out your pockets (laughs) yeah she was in the sixth sense too um was she yeah i think she was bruce willis's um ex-girlfriend really I i think so if memory serves wow i don't remember that at all i or was she his mother? 
remember his mom. Being no, I, I remember no. that. Yeah, it's, the kid's mother, Bruce his, Willis's his mother. wife. His ex-wife, oh. Bruce Willis's ex-wife. She, yeah, she goes to the same oh, restaurant right. where they had the anniversary yeah. every year. I wasn't wrong. Bruce Willis thinks that I forgot he's it was his ex-wife. Spoilers for the Sixth Sense, which if you haven't seen, you guess you don't. Oh, that's wrong. like in the first five minutes. Of the movie. <laughs> no, she she was um, Cole's mother. Ha! Oh, okay. She was Haley Joel Osment's. Oh, uh, okay. I she was also I, in um, Velvet Buzzsaw, which I tried to watch and just could not get through it. Velvet Buzzsaw would be highly inefficient. It was like trying to eat Lego pieces with like glass glued to them. <laughs> like, uh, I, I can't do it. That might make them more comfortable to step on, though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Soften the blow a little bit. <laughs> <Just> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, she's been in a lot of other stuff, but... Uh, yeah. A fantastic actress. Yes, she is. Oh, I guess. Florence Pugh was in it. I don't know who she was. She's probably a cult member that we didn't really get to see. Um, guess who else was in it? Alora Torsia. She was the ranger scout from In the Earth. Oh, okay. I don't know who she was. Probably another cult person. Yeah, or she was like a classmate of Peter's yeah. or Could something. Could have been. That's what I was thinking. Florence Pugh might have been the girl when the kid went to the party. And she's like, there's a bong in the other room. Was that her? No. Okay. No, no, no. But she might have been like in the background yeah. there somewhere. But the yeah. the guy who played Christian was also listed as being in it, and I wondered the same thing about him. But um, played Christian in what? I'm terrible with names. In Midsummer, the boyfriend in Midsummer. Huh? Was that Austin R. Grant? I don't remember his name. Mark Blockovich? No. <laughs> um, Anne Dowd was also in it. Did you have notes on her? I was going to look up and see if she was um, that guy's mom from the IT crowd. Because his last name is... No, his is O'Dowd. Never mind. Um, Anne Dowd was Joni in this. Uh. But she um, is in The Handmaid's Tale. She's one of the, like, overseer women. Like, she oversees The Handmaids. Yes. Uh, I forget her name. Me Aunt too. Lydia. Aunt Lydia. Yep. She was Aunt Lydia <laughs> in, in Handmaid's Tale. Okie doke. Um, and the girl who played Charlie apparently got her start playing Matilda on Broadway, which is amazing. She did. Hmm. I had a note that I didn't like Charlie that much, but. Well, I think that's the idea. Yeah. Well, but a lot of what she was doing was just set up for later on, I think. Mm. Yeah. I started right. to like her more and hate the mom more. She's more at the of same a vehicle <laughs> for the story than she is yeah. a character yeah. in the story. She doesn't really like interact or mm-hmm. have lines. Even she mostly <laughs> just clicks. Yeah. Um, I hate that. Nobody start doing that. Don't oh my fucking. god! It that I have such a hard time with noise. Yeah, stimulation, yeah. and I like wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it. I've been um, I've been hearing that like. Anytime I'm trying to fall asleep, I'll just oh. hear that. Oh my god, where is it? <laughs> That's why I always sleep with an air conditioner. Yeah, um, light noise. I imagine the ghost next to your bed is like, I've been making creepy noises for like 45 minutes. <laughs> He's just not listening. Sound asleep, and it is too cold in here. <laughs> yeah. That makes me think that my ghost is like a big black lady for some reason. Like, <laughs> well, why not? You better turn that AC down, boy. It's <laughs> yeah. cold in here. I'm, I'm sorry. Jeez. Like, <laughs> let me turn that down for you. <laughs> uh, That'd be fun, though. 
I'd be like, freaking... That could be a show. That saw could be a again today. Mm-hmm. Did you tell him what you was going to tell? I'm like, no, Mama, I didn't. <laughs> you better tell that boy. <laughs> oh, there's the angry penguin man again. No, <laughs> the, the, so the penguin <laughs> is really happy. The man right behind the penguin. Angry penguin man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just pissed. Like he's just like, I hate that penguin. <laughs> my daughter loves those penguins more than she ever loved me. She never comes to see me except to take me to the fucking zoo. All right. So, how does this movie start off? I don't remember. Does it start at the funeral home? It begins at the yeah. It starts with her mom's funeral. It starts with the obituary. It's a oh black yeah, and white it does the obituary. Um, the obitch, and it says all of the typical stuff. I think. I didn't finish reading it before it went off the screen and I couldn't be In bothered to flowers, roll. please drink a bottle of poison. Thank you. <laughs> and there are... Hail payment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it starts or somewhere very quickly in the first few scenes. It slowly zooms into uh, the older brother's room in like the dollhouse version and it becomes... Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing we should point out is that... Uh, I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but it'll make things make more sense. Mm-hmm. Like the mom throughout the movie is obsessed with making model houses. Like that's her job. Events. Yeah. Like dioramas. Yeah. Dioramas. So um, the the whole movie is done in cuts around the dioramas mm-hmm. that were uh, that she, she made, made an exact replica of their house. Yeah. For so some anytime reason, they change scenes, they'll start out with. Uh, the her replica of that okay. scene. We and then also it'll slowly like, zoom in. Does she update it every time they change rooms? Does she make bigger dolls as her kids get older? I need answers. You're the one who's supposed to be giving us answers. Yeah, there's a lot I here mean, that's just kind of who's <laughs> paying her to do this exhibit? Uh, why are they well, paying her? The to gallery. Exhibit? Why is Mr. Graham married to a freaking psychopath? Like. <laughs> My guess is that they are working on building something and they want to have, like, a plan that they can show maybe investors or something. That was kind of the vibe that I got. Like, whenever there's the, what is this, a school for ants and Zoolander? Like, it's that kind of a thing. (laughs) Well, yes, I get what a model is, uh, like a a miniature model of, you know, something you can use to show scale or to show blueprints for something. I get that, but... I don't understand why anyone would pay her to do this of her life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. It was specific to. I events thought you meant the life. the gallery one oh, okay. that she was. Making. Yeah, I assumed the model thing was just a hobby of hers. Oh, I kind of thought it was no. all combined together. It's her job, but also probably a hobby. But yeah, a jobby, we'll say. Yes. <laughs> it does, Whenever you I don't do know. something you love, <laughs> maybe it's just kind of like it's her way of processing what she's going through. Well, it's that, yeah later but she should have been committed a long time before this movie took place it okay so that's all i'm saying or she should have had Raphael from uh uh la llorona come visit her mm. yeah rub an egg on her forehead Basically, in my opinion everything bad that happened in this movie is her fault so i beg to differ <laughs> i don't everything <laughs> bad that happened in this movie was her mother's fault isn't that always how it is and as we can see here it's very hereditary i just shit myself <laughs> well to be well puns aside jokes aside that wasn't even a joke that was really like i think what they were trying to point out with this movie like i can't wait know, to have a child and name being... it puns aside <laughs> <laughs> well like what you inherit from you know, you're not only 
genetically, you're but also like to d- destroy your whole fucking family. Yeah, that. if you're part yeah. of that that bloodline. Yeah, that. Spoilers. Um. Okay, so- but her mom's dead, so we only have one person really to blame. Okay, but she didn't initially didn't know what if was somebody happening. gave you a ritual written in a different language and you didn't know what you were saying would you recite that in your house with your children here as you were saying the word humdrum i looked up and saw one drum <laughs> oh wondery wondrium yeah. oh okay this is kind of hard to say well just really quick um i it's not okay uh, okay, if it were let to me talk justify. to one of my children <laughs> and I was that wrapped up in my grief, I probably would at least consider it. <laughs> I don't know that I would do it because I know not to fucks around with all of that. Like, mm-hmm. but, That's what I appreciate about you, Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck around with the occult. That's all you appreciate about it. <laughs> but seriously, like, I, I know that like you don't get involved in that shit, but... If I were less educated on it, Suki, what are you doing? If I were less educated on it, I might do it. There is only one person I've ever heard of being brought back from the dead successfully, and that was Lazarus. Without any negative implications or anything. Lazarus is a cool name. It is. I don't think that they were expecting to bring them back from the... Okay, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Um, Here's my rebuttal, real quick. Max... If I told you that I was going to die, uh-huh. or anything, and I gave you a button and said, don't press this button, how long before you press that button? I would get rid of it. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be able to deal with temptation. I, no, probably not. <laughs> okay. I would put that button in a box and that's sink different. it in the ocean. If you said, <laughs> if you press this button, it'll contact me. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't know what it does. If, especially if I didn't know what it did, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> At least buried somewhere that it would be very difficult for me to get to. What if in burying it, you press the button? That's not my fault. No, you didn't make the <laughs> conscious decision to do it. If it blows up the world, well, I don't give a shit anyway, so... Alright, <laughs> so... Um, so... They're, they're at the funeral. We haven't even made it past there yet. Oh, and no. um, Annie is giving the eulogy, and she's like, Oh, there's so many faces here. My mother probably would have been suspicious of that. That old bat like <laughs> just yeah. not a very good eulogy took yeah. forever to die. opinion yeah she makes it as <laughs> polite as she can but also heavily implies that there's a <laughs> lot of skeletons she had in her yeah. in her closet yeah. so and then there's just a bunch of kind of weird people around the the pews just yeah. kind of smiling like and then cut away and cut back and charlie's eating a chocolate bar Yep, good old Charlie. They, and they ask her, that doesn't have nuts in it, does it? Because we don't have the EpiPen. We need foreshadowing. Yeah. Which, if you were that allergic to nuts, I think you would have an EpiPen on That's you the thing. all the like, time. If you were that allergic they're... to nuts, would you be eating a suspicious candy bar? No. And who f- puts fucking walnuts in a cake? I don't think that she understands how... Maybe this is like the first time she's ever had... Maybe she's never had a really bad experience. So maybe she doesn't She's been locked in the closet until her grandma died. But you as parents, I don't know if it goes in stages, but I feel like if, if it did go in stages and it was like, you know, like like burns, she'd be like a stage three with her allergy to nuts. 
because within a couple of minutes, it's pretty serious. Like, why would you not have an EpiPen with you constantly? And not only that, but like, or why wouldn't what's his face have one? Why would you risk eating anything anywhere? Like, well, again, that's not ever. Like, just starve to death, Jesus. (laughs) If you're not at your house. (laughs) <laughs> like, not somewhere where you can control things, because, like, peanut oil is in fucking everything. Seriously, and yeah. Like, she like, walked in the house and saw them chopping walnuts. Again, I don't know that she necessarily... What fucking teenager makes a fucking cake when they're having an illegal party at their house? <laughs> Yo, come over for this cake party. We're having a... Let me just bake this up walnuts. here. The beer's over there in the jug. The beer's over there, but that's not what you're here for, is it? <laughs> you're here for the cake. Yo, but, Laurie, chopping them hazelnuts. I see you, girl. Like, <laughs> just... Chocolate bars are made in facilities that process it, process things that also have nuts. Right. Like, I'm unless sure it, it says specifically that says that it came from a nut-free facility, like, you're not going to risk that <laughs> shit. Nut-free. Nut-free. So, anyway. <laughs> Again, she's a child. I don't necessarily think that she quite understands. She's fucking 13. She's 13. Are you saying that's not a child? I mean, she's I'm a saying teenager. she should have some idea of what's good for her and what isn't. She's old yeah. enough to have at least <laughs> that amount bullshit. of responsibility. <laughs> like, No child understands what's good for them until they're like 96. Or ever. <laughs> or ever. But if um, I had a horrible nut allergy, I wouldn't be like, well, I just eat some of this cake without looking at it. What are these hard things? <laughs> <laughs> these are weird chocolate chips. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... We're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> not we quite. need to back up. But I don't remember what else happens. They're um, at the funeral and it's all stupid and so stuff. So then they go home. More foreshadowing. Uh, um, uh, Annie is tucking Charlie into bed. and Even though he's 17. Oh, no. That's, a girl. that's the girl. Yeah, that's Who's the, the girl. Who's the guy? Uh, Peter. Peter. And so he's hitting a bong in his room and she's... <laughs> Like, laying in bed, Charlie's laying in bed, and her mom comes in to tuck her in, and Charlie's like, blah, 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 more foreshadowing, grandma wanted me to be a boy, said I was supposed to be a boy, blah, 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 moving on, that was the only important thing you needed to hear. If you care about the plot, it is, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on, there's, there's a loose end here, and I'm a little upset about it. So while they're in class, Peter texts with his friend, and they say, do you want to smoke a bowl after class? We never know if he actually smoked a bowl with his friend after class. We don't get to see it. We need to find this out in the sequel. <sighs> Let's call Ari Aster and hope we don't get hosed down with urine or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the nine-hour <laughs> director's cut. Um, so, uh, Anne, Annie goes in and she is not okay. And she is going through her mom's stuff. And she... Just is kind of skimming through it, and like she comes across a letter that almost sounds like a suicide note, just a little bit. Like the little bit that it reads is um, sounds a little bit like a suicide note, and I think I think he wrote the exact thing on the back of this. Um, Forgive me all the things I could not tell you. Please don't hate me, and try not to despair your losses. You will see in the end that they were worth it. Our sacrifice will pale next to the rewards. Hail Payman. And that was a letter from her mother in one of the books. I mean, yeah, your mother might be quirky, but I feel like Hale Payman would be... Hale Payman. That's interesting. I didn't realize... Yeah, yeah. Does, how, do you, how do you just read that and go, 
Oh, Grandma. <laughs> she just, like, rolls her eyes and tosses it into the box and walks <laughs> he away. Does. He, that's exactly what happens. It's so bizarre. I, I mean, you'd have to know nothing about any religion. What, like, to be like, oh, I didn't realize she was... Insert generic religion I feel here. like Ari Aster, the, w- the way I'm noticing that he does stuff, the way that he uh, films, is he makes the movies really deep and, and artistic... But the characters are still as stupid as Scream slasher movie horror. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And, like, I guess maybe a a part of it is that, like, maybe directors, like, are pretending that horror movies don't exist in some of these things. Like, not that they don't exist, but just that they're not watched by these people or whatever. Like, I have friends that have literally watched one horror movie in their entire life, so they wouldn't get all of the nuances of the tropes that that we run into. But they're still a living, breathing human, and if they saw Hale Payman on the last piece of correspondence with their dead, estranged, or loved one, or whatever, I imagine that would raise some... Yeah, I just can't imagine a person reading that and thinking, oh, you. (laughs) It seemed like she was more annoyed, like, oh, my mother was a fucking psychopath and just (sighs) tossed it into the box. And because she goes over that a little bit. I think the next night she goes to a... um, The movies. The movies, she tells her husband, Mm -hmm. but she's actually going to a grief counseling group. And... Um, she starts spouting off all of the terrible things that have happened in her family. And I, yeah, I thought that scene was really good. Good acting. I think she was a good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was really fantastic acting, yeah. and it, it felt was... like she was saying these things for the first time. And like, she, oh sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, like they were just the words were just pouring out of her. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking, and she's had a. a, a... There's a, a lot mixed Strange in there, life. and you could take a bunch of different things from it, but. Um, I'm not going to comment on that, but I like the guy that's running the group. Just kind of sort of like, I don't know what to say now. That's kind of their job is just to listen. Not... And how does that make you feel? Yeah. It's yeah. like one of those situations where like somebody's really oversharing. Like you're just kind of sitting there like awkwardly, like patting your legs, waiting for them to be done so that you can like... Just sneak away. Lately. I've been pretty good, you know. I kicked my dog the other day, and it was really sad. That made me sad. Oh, God. But she goes off on a, on a tangent about how her brother killed himself because he was schizophrenic and something terrible happened to her father and like she starts going like through this list and basically like men don't survive much in this family like (laughs) (laughs) i thought she said something about her brother something like he believed the people were out to get him or something to put people inside of him that's right that's what it was grandma was was trying to put put people inside and yeah inside well, of them or something yeah. yeah well so all right so we were talking about how ridiculous it is that she wouldn't look into the hail payment thing whenever she found it a little bit mm-hmm. um so she goes to grief counseling talks about that oh yeah we did talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit mm-hmm. um and she's all basically my mother never loved me and she was a terrible person <laughs> but hey, who's yeah. that reminds you of bitch <laughs> 
Oh, and that's when she says, during therapy, she says that she was sleepwalking and brushes it off and is really casual about it. Maybe because she's guilty and wants to, doesn't want to give into it anyway. But she says about how she used to sleepwalk and during one of these sleepwalking fits. This this was later. later. Yeah, it was while she was talking to Joni. I think so, yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that was during her original... No, it was whenever she was talking to Joni, because Joni specifically asks her, how's your relationship with your son? Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, because it was after... And instead of answering that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, she just kind of like... Tells this elaborate yeah. story All right. of how she tried so, to kill them. But, like, but we'll basically... Let, we'll let you describe that when we get to that part. Fine. I just... I, thought, I didn't want us to skip it, but we're not no. skipping something because it didn't happen when I thought it did. Um, basically, the next day... Um, Charlie is at school and she is building a toy, like putting together a little toy and not doing her quiz whenever she was supposed to be. (laughs) And she's never throughout her role in the movie. She's never really focusing on what's going on. She is making a weird clicking noise, Ugh. and and she's usually has a figure, a human shaped figure in her hand that she is building. Like I guess she collects objects and puts them, builds them into toys, builds them into little tiny yeah. people. Apparently, she brings these tools and stuff with her wherever she goes too. Well, okay, yeah. so she has glue gun and. She has this this toy, and she's, like, sitting there playing with it, and her teacher comes over and is like, are you finished with your quiz? And she's like, uh, no. And the teacher's like, okay, well, how about we do that before we play with the toys? So and you make her sound like a bitch, but her teacher's actually really <laughs> it was, Yeah, she actually was really polite about it. I thought that she was kind of annoying. I don't know. How about you toy after you're done with the test? You think that sounds like a good idea? Does that, and then, yeah, yeah, and then puts the pencil in front of her and pats it. And I thought it was nice. And Charlie's like, oh, yeah, okay, and then she's sitting there and she's like, kind of seething, yeah. and then a bird flies into the window, and like all the kids are like, oh my god, what was that? Yeah. And there's a lot of like juices left on the window. Yeah, <laughs> bird juices. Like, yeah, I thought like that was weird. A winged water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so it fast forward to Charlie's day ending, and before she left the classroom, she was like eyeballing the scissors on the teacher's desk. And she takes the scissors with her when she leaves, and she goes out to where the bird hit the window and starts cutting its head off with the pair of scissors. It cuts like paper, too. Yeah, it's really very efficient. Yeah, and this was, um, this was, I want to say, like, a month or so after the grandmother died. Um, that all of this is going on. So, like, it just seems like she hasn't really adjusted to her grandmother dying. Or life. Is this before or after she looks out across the uh, yard, I guess, and sees, like, her grandmother standing outside of a car, like, across the street? Oh, no, well, there was one where she that sees actually- her grandmother in a ring of fire, too. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay, so the- it was while she was cutting the bird's head off, she turns around and she sees somebody standing, like, next to a, a vehicle, and I don't think it was her it grandmother. Was not, it was not it her was grandmother. A it was a cult member. A, 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 right. 
just checking up on you. But, and she's just like, <laughs> creepy smile, like from across the parking lot. Is lawn. that what sound you hear when people smile? Do you just hear that? <laughs> <laughs> with a creepy smile, yeah. With a creepy smile. Like there's bees behind their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but she ends up going home. Does somebody come out and talk to her? No, or nobody... It- Stops her as from she cutting cut, the head cuts the head yeah. off of a bird. Let's let's wait until you get home to cut the heads off of birds. Okay, okay. does that sound good? Does that sound good? Test. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a bird blood. That's fine. So- Payment. That's nice. <laughs> so. And how does that make you feel? She goes home, and that night, the Annie. To that test was actually six, but you know what? We'll accept payment. <laughs> That night, Annie and Peter get into an argument um, over something, and then... I I don't remember them getting into an argument. I remember him asking her if he could go to a party, and, like, awkwardly, "Eh, you know, it's just like a barbecue. Like, saying that it's a barbecue makes it sound more more wholesome. Like... No. Oh, well, then you can take your sister. Yeah. Why would you send your 13-year-old daughter along with your 17-year-old son to a high school party? It's, yeah, it's just, and like, there'll be, there'll be kids there. There'll be friends there. Now, maybe she wanted to believe, like, you could argue that she wanted to believe that it really was, uh, like, a school event. But then she says about drinking, and she's very insistent, like, you're not going to drink. And he's like, yeah, I'm not old enough to buy alcohol. And she's like, well, we'll just pretend. Or she says something like, we'll pretend that that's true or whatever, or like, <clears throat> that there wouldn't be alcohol there. So she knows that this is a... Oh, not I hate her. a place for her 13-year-old daughter to be. I think it was more out of trying to get Charlie out of the house yeah. than trying to make sure the son had a good time. Well, I don't think that it, it wasn't even... It wasn't her trying to make sure he had a bad time. It wasn't her trying to make sure that Charlie had a good time. I think it was more the thinking, and this is really terrible and selfish thinking because teenagers are stupid, that if Charlie went along with Peter, Peter would behave better because his little sister was there to tell on him if he did something <laughs> stupid. And I guess. so that yeah. was kind of the impression that I got. Like, it wasn't like a spiteful, well, you're not going to have a good time. It was a, I know what happens at these parties to so your little sister is going to narc on you. Mm-hmm. So oh, I just <laughs> she's still a bad mom. <laughs> I just thought it was like, I don't want to have to deal with her. Like you take her with you kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Oh. I- that's the impression I got. I, I also think it's a lot of... It's probably all three of these things, but oh. I also think it's a lot of... Uh, she wanted Charlie to hang out with people for once. Yeah. Because oh. she even said, like, Charlie didn't want to go. And Charlie said, like, what am I going to do there? <laughs> there will be and other the kids there's there. There's kids there. You can play and socialize. And, yeah. yeah. And <sighs> so... We skipped a part that was kind of important. Right after the grandmother had died, um, the the dad found Charlie sleeping in the treehouse because mm-hmm. um, he went into her room to wake her up and she wasn't there and went up and found her and was like, what are you doing? It's freezing up here, like, <laughs> and ushered her back into the house. But then, okay, so fast forward back to... Um, you know, I just realized that saying that someone ushered someone somewhere is the idea that it's an usher telling someone to go somewhere. They ushered them. Well, that's... Yeah, I like, think that's where it comes from. Yeah, I, I just put it together now. Like, an usher is an actual thing. It's a title. So when you usher someone somewhere, it's... Oh, it'd be like saying you chauffeured yes, them. Yes, exactly. It's that exact. It's not saying... <laughs> it's not you, a... You, 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 you shushed them. Yeah, like you 
Oh, no. So, uh, anyway, okay. sorry. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. Th- I never thought yep. of that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. <laughs> um, sorry, you're here. Fast forward back to the day of the party, and Charlie comes home from school after she cut the bird head off, mm-hmm. and she's, like, I don't know, hearing whispers or something, and, like, starts walking out toward yeah. the back of the house, like, toward a field, um, in her bare feet along a path and like the house that they live in is really nice but very secluded like it's like not anywhere <laughs> um that there's like a lot of traffic or anything um but she's walking down this path and she sees this is where she sees her maybe her grandmother or was it just another cult member I thought it was her grandmother. Okay. Well, she's... Anyway, there's a woman standing in the field and sets a um, a circle of fire around herself. Yeah, we can't say ring of fire. That's uh, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you got a copyright on a ring of fire. And... Yeah, I think there's a place called the ring of fire. Like on... Like it's like... It, well, the Pacific Rim. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the... I think they call that the ring of fire. Because it's volcanically active. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Somebody told me that in the Atlantic Ocean... Well, there's very little volcanic activity in the Atlantic. But on the in the Atlantic Ocean, the crust is, like, boiling up and spreading. And on the Pacific Ocean, it's coming together and going back in. Which is why it's so active over there. Because instead of just coming up and spreading, it's like... <laughs> getting pushed together i never knew that's how the crust worked i didn't know it was like a constantly evolving like like recycling phase as the planet cools it's churning apparently the moon's still hot too in the core really yep so small doesn't have an atmosphere it's still hot (laughs) all right anyway so um while Charlie's standing out there, for some reason, Annie feels very pressed to go find her and is like, where's Charlie? Yeah. Where's Charlie? And then she sees her out back behind the house and she runs out and she's like, what are you doing? It's cold. Your feet are bare. You're going to get sick. And, and calls her stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like really aggressive yeah. with her. Like grabs her and like, it's. <laughs> Which was... one was it? You think I'm going to admit while you're ready to throw something at me? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a jerk you are. <laughs> I got more balls. <laughs> At least one. Just let me get it out of my tractor. <laughs> Alright, so anyway. Uh, also, to point out, there was... Whenever um, her dad finds her in the uh, treehouse, he's like, you're going to catch pneumonia. And she was like, that's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then... So... Annie brings her inside and is like, well, you're going to this party with Peter. And she was like, that's okay. And like, her mom's like, no, you're going, you're going. And that's final. Like there'll be other kids there. And that's when they have the back and forth about like, well, what would I do there? Mom of the year, ladies and gentlemen. And then she says, okay. And she's like, okay, it's settled. She's going. She wants to go. She's going. (laughs) It's more of like a begrudging. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. It's perfect. All right. Go on. So... And this is very early in the movie. This is like I know. 25 minutes into the movie. So listeners, if you were hoping that the movie was almost over, it's not. <laughs> so Peter <laughs> takes her to the party and he's like, as they're walking in, you see them chopping like a girl like 
think she has like a chef's knife and she's chopping up walnuts. She's really chopping those walnuts. Yeah. And yeah. like it's in like the a- same spot over and over again though, like she's not like putting them back together and then chopping them again. She's just like hitting the same spot. Well, because that scene probably took multiple takes. Okay. Aggressively chopping nuts. Real quick, just real quick before that, they pass a telephone pole and we zoom in slowly and realize there's a symbol on that pole. Mm, yes, there is uh, a symbol we've seen before. Like yeah. a pagan symbol. I'm not convinced anything that follows was an accident. Not really. Not at all. Anybody's well, I guess fault. that's what the symbol is implying. Uh, Symbolism. Um, but I think that's what the whole movie is implying. Um, Movieism. Oh, at some point, too, while she was in her room, um, she was working on one of her little dolls, and there was, like, a flash of light. Oh, that was what got her outside with the bird head. I just remembered. She, um, there was a flash of light, and she went and looked out her window, and she saw the woman in the field, and so she walked out. And that was, that was what it was. Yeah, she followed the blue It looked like... A reflection from like water, a prism. Yeah, yeah. It looks or like like a watch yeah. reflecting that's, the that's sun. That's what on I the like wall. about the uh, gonna. Uh, they they show this light a couple times yes. in the movie, and it's never too obvious. They didn't make it too obvious. Yeah, it kind of looks like just yeah, like a reflective surface somewhere in the room, tilted a little bit. It's yeah, it's just like yeah, it's cool. It's like a strip of light, or like the Christmas ornament in Modern Family. Yeah, it just. <laughs> <laughs> the entire room and then goes into a point like it's it's really cool the way it's done um yeah um, you like that you're right so that's what i like about you like <laughs> all right so they're on their way to the party they pass by the telephone pole they get to the party there's the nut chopping and then nut cleaving <laughs> they, they walk in and peter's just like standing there staring at this girl that he has a crush on yeah, he's like, really creepy he's so he creepy just, about it. you want to go out yeah <laughs> and he like Walks up to her and is like, uh, you want to go smoke? I have really good weed. And she's like, okay, yeah. And I think they have a bong in the, the other room. And then, like, they go to another room where there's a bunch of other people. But first, he's all like, Charlie, stay here. Uh, eat cake or something. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. <laughs> and he leaves her alone in a party full of strangers that are yep. older than her. Yeah. And he goes back to a bedroom to smoke weed. And... She grabs a piece of cake. With walnuts in it. With walnuts in it. And she's sitting there eating it and doesn't stop eating it whenever her face starts feeling tingly <laughs> yeah, and her she gets, like, tongue starts it. swelling up. I think my throat's getting bigger. That's when she's like, I gotta, I gotta go get a glass of water. Yeah. Water like, doesn't help. And she tracks down her brother and says, it's getting hard to breathe. And he's all, he's like, Charlie, are you okay? Are you okay? And he, like, realizes there's something terribly wrong. Like I am freaking out here. She says something like, uh, I think uh, she says something. and She said, it feels like my throat's getting bigger. I just said that. But at one point he says, his response to her is, what do you mean? <laughs> like, she says, I think there was nuts in something. He's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> What do you think she means? Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that the one thing that you should know when yeah. you have a sibling with a, a nut allergy? Yeah. Oh my God. So they start driving home and he's yeah. like... No, they're driving to the hospital. To the hospital. Because this house is also kind of secluded. So it seems like maybe an ambulance may have taken a little while to get to their house. Yeah. So he's just like, it'll be faster for me to drive. And he starts doing 100 down the road. 
and she starts clawing at her clothes, like, pulling them from around her neck because, like, she feels so constricted and she's, like, clawing at her throat. And she can't get any air, so she rolls down the window. <laughs> Leading to an impossible occurrence. And sticks her head out the window. <laughs> and there's a dead animal or a cult member a dead deer on the laying road. in the middle of the road. And he swerves, and she hits her head off of the telephone pole. And it, in turn, removes her head from her body. Yeah. Very and, cleanly. And, and that's he just, what I think is unreasonable. Drives home. Well, so first he stops the car, as you probably would. An impossibly short distance from the telephone pole, considering he was going 80 miles on it. Yeah. And so he stops, and he's just sitting there, and like... He does not look back. Yeah, he starts. Where, like, you see there's a slight realization, and then there's, like, a denial, and then there's, like, a... The shock sets in, yeah. and then it kind of becomes like, like Schrodinger's sister. Like, <laughs> if he doesn't look back, he doesn't know really happen. what happened. And yeah. so, instead of calling the cops or an ambulance, or I mean, I guess the cops, yeah, an ambulance and isn't the coroner gonna do you any good at that point. <laughs> um, he drives home, gets out of the car. And goes up and lays in his bed with his eyes open for the next, like, eight hours. Probably an eternity. Felt like an eternity. Oh, my God. That was... Yeah. And then it it shows there were a lot of really good shots, like, lighting shots in this, where, like, it would be, like, (laughs) it it was, like, him in the dark, and then it was, like, the sun coming up, and then all of a sudden it was laid out. And, like, that in that time you start hearing his mom and dad having a conversation in the background uh yeah just distant morning chat oh don't forget your lunch yeah that kind of a thing all right have a nice day and then annie and then goes to get in the car you hear the the car door open and and she is kind of like what the and then just screaming for like the next three minutes 20 more minutes of just goat crying yeah I don't Ari know what his obsession likes, is with God. Likes goat crying. Ugh. I do really appreciate the fact that it isn't a stereotypical horror movie scream. It's not high pitched. It's not like an ear splitting kind of just generic scream. It is very. No, it's very real, convincing. Yeah, and mournful and awful. And then for the next 20 minutes, it is yeah. the same. Just very, very real and very. Yeah. yeah, that scene made me more uncomfortable than movies usually do yeah and and that's what i appreciate about you (laughs) no that this like that that scene in the movie was when i decided okay this is this movie is something else like this movie has got has got something that i'm not used to movies offering that's the scream goes through a couple of different scenes it shows peter laying on the bed and then charlie's head in the desert where like which yep. where do they live that is mountains and desert it it and was filmed forest. in utah i know that but like utah doesn't have that many mountains <laughs> or much of anything for that matter but oh, whoa huge slam on Utah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i've been there it's like flat and you can see the rocky mountains in the distance <laughs> but <laughs> like 
anyway, her head's like laying in the middle of the desert covered in bugs. Ants. Mm. And um, so Annie's scream goes through that and then it goes through being at the graveside and she has like this like light blue colored coffin and then it like goes through to the like reception thing that they have after funerals like the dinner that they have after funerals which they were hosting at their house and like that happens a lot in in these kinds of movies where the the like reception thing afterwards is being held at the home of the people whose child died or whoever died like and I just as though like that should be your responsibility to entertain yeah. people into your house to mourn your loved one. <laughs> like, that is that is a good point, but I think it's easier for the viewer to yeah. to be like I guess to, um, to so the viewer says, "Oh, I see where we are." Instead of like seeing a, like a different a new place location, scene. Yeah. but she is upstairs like laying in bed, and then there's like a scene of her just like sobbing and rocking like on her knees and her elbows on the floor saying that she doesn't want to live anymore after her daughter died and um peter's like listening in the hallway and uh yeah it's just a lot of he's he's never he never reacts to any of this yeah it's like for this this whole section of the movie he has just completely dissociated yeah like just completely turned his emotions off it's kind of haunting and so annie can't stand it in their house anymore um and she decides to go back to the grief counseling group and she gets there and she sees people outside and she decides that she just can't. Like, she can't get she out of her car. She, she just in. cannot. She cannot even. And she starts to pull away. And that's when Anne Dowd's character, Joni, comes in. <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. You're involved in a huge thing. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you going to go in? Payment. <laughs> I mean, hi. <laughs> um, and that's where they have the conversation. About, um, she asks how her relationship with her son is. Joni asks Annie what her relationship with her son is like. And she... <laughs> I watched you do it. <laughs> um, she's just like, oh, well, you know, there was this time, like, when he was, like, eight years old and he woke up to me standing in between him and Charlie when they shared a room and they were both doused in lighter fluid and so was I and I lit a match and I wasn't gonna do it I wasn't gonna do it I tried to convince him that I, yeah that's that not what I was gonna do and he just won't believe me of course me. he won't believe me I think this is where I wrote down she's a psycho bitch like it's she says it as casually as you know you, you would say to someone like, "Man, my son holds this ridiculous grudge because I, I broke him, his PlayStation." Yeah. <laughs> One time, I said I was going to make him dinner, and then I got distracted and I forgot. And he said I starved him, and he just won't let it go. <laughs> One, One time, time, we were doused in gasoline and in, in like paint thinner. paint thinner, and I lit a match. You know, and I, woke myself I don't know up. what just he thought time. was going to happen, but that wasn't <laughs> what was going to happen. So now I'll never be able to convince him that I'm not, I don't want to set him on fire. See, at that know, point, if I had been uh, Mr. Graham, I would have had a divorce. I think. <laughs> 
unless he maybe he didn't ever know about it but i don't think that that's possible i i think he must have known about her sleepwalking issues like that i don't know it's like how do you blame somebody if they do have a history if you've witnessed it happening like yeah he's probably gone through all every step of this yeah ready and sleepwalking is one thing but like almost murdering people in your sleepwalking. Well, they've had a long <laughs> marriage. So he's probably, st- it probably started small. Yeah. And then eventually it's just like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I think the dad is actually a great character, even so though he too. barely ever says anything. Yeah. Because he's just like the only normal seed that this movie has. <laughs> yeah. And he's just tortured by all yeah. this craziness that's going on around him. And he doesn't know <laughs> how to handle it anymore yeah, if there's any character that we as the audience will connect with it's him. yeah yeah <laughs> the, i'm trying to keep yeah. it together but i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i don't know i kind of connect with joni <laughs> but no. i just like imagine as a parent you come running into your son screaming like your son's room and he's screaming and you come in and find your wife holding an empty can of paint thinner your children covered in paint thinner your wife covered in paint thinner and her holding a recently lit match going i was sleepwalking it's okay i wasn't gonna do anything i'm not gonna do it there's no world (laughs) where you don't immediately say okay i like maybe you decide not to blame them for the sleepwalking incident but there's no world where you don't then put a lock on the door at night and keep them from uh, why doesn't peter lock his fucking door well at at that time he was presumably like 13 he was younger well after that yeah. During the rest of this movie, why yeah, doesn't he seriously. lock his door? And that's and that's the way throughout the movie that that character that her what's her name jo- jo- Annie or the mom Annie, the mom sorry, um how she processes trauma is she just kind of says like what it's completely normal it's neutral yeah. it's a neutral scene of the accident yeah what's wrong oh, with she's it? making a diorama of her severed daughter's head oh yeah, yeah. and and steve watson and he's like the what? fuck annie and like you can't do that she's like dabbing the blood <laughs> on the road while she's humming if and he's he like, sees it what is he gonna think <laughs> what it's completely neutral this she's is what it looks like I'm just making a snapshot of my son's worst day that he'll ever have in his entire life just to be memorialized forever, you know. <laughs> and he goes, That's I all. made dinner. And she's like, I'm making dinner. He's like, no, I made dinner. And I'm telling you, come down or stay. I don't give well, a fuck. Well, okay, care. first we have to rewind a little bit. <sighs> so she's having the conversation with Joni. <laughs> nice. And Joni then is just like, oh, well, I'm free to casually mention that my son and grandson are both fucking dead. <laughs> and, like, that's just more onto the, the men seem to die a lot around here yeah. train. Like, <laughs> but she, her her grandson Chase was his name? Chance? Uh, Noah? Chance. What was it? I don't know. But Deep he... Fucking... <laughs> her grandson was only seven when he died. And so she's just like, oh, you know, so I, I, and I'm just going to totally embarrass myself here, but here's my address. Just stop on by whenever, you know, whenever you want to talk about things. And so. We can have tea and talk about your dead family. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The doormat looks just like the one my mom used to make. Isn't that funny? It has her initials on it. It's her signature. That's hail payment. It's made out of human skin and hair. Interesting. That's funny. Never looked that close. I bought it at Sears. (laughs) Sears. Well, isn't that funny? Just it's just so like. uh... So, her and her husband are 
having dinner and, and peter. peter and peter that and dinner looks amazing too. i don't does. know what he made it did look really chicken good it was like yeah it was like chicken cacciatore mm. with like ramps or something like fried ramps thank and you for giving me that i don't know what that is but i just <laughs> came up with the fanciest food that I think of. <laughs> every time i hear the word cacciatore i think of the billy joel song um and so peter just like he's like oh dad this dinner's really good man and like <laughs> thanks Steve's buddy like oh thanks buddy and then Annie's just like she's got this look. Like, what a fucking idiot look on her face oh, about it's such her child. A teenager, like <laughs> so awful. It's such a it's such a look. It's such a like when your mom yells at you and you go after she leaves the room and you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Peter, like he's like you, uh, you got something to say over there, mom? Mom, just just go ahead and just go ahead and fucking say it, mom. And like it just feels like so juvenile considering the issue at hand like i don't know and what he but wants she's no less juvenile what he wants is for her to yell at him and blame him for charlie's death so that he can yell at her and blame her because yeah i was driving the car high like a fucking idiot but you were the one that sent her in the first place and she, she didn't want to be she at that party. this stupid look at her face like oh like now you're blaming me. Oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she stands up and like just fucking everything she that she's out. kept pent up ever since she almost set him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> she just lets out there. You just walk around this house and have that sneer on your face anytime you look at me. It just starts freaking out and she then, says she just wants somebody to take responsibility for what they do and yet yeah. she's not taking any responsibility for anything she does no, no. and she like Girl, in like the her. middle of it she starts to kind of like she's like and i know she was your sister and i know you miss yeah, her yeah and she starts to kind of mom for a second and then she just continues like ripping him to shreds like yeah. it's like there was a, a second in there where she, she was like this is my child yeah. like i need to be nicer to my child yeah, and then she steps back and she's like but she's gone forever and i'll like you'll never Dead. be able to change that Dead. like and you'll never be able to like let go of that and forget that and you're like yeah and then she just like casually sits, sits down, down and he's like yeah mom well what about you she didn't even want to be at that party and then like so the dad's like all right i'm ending this everyone stop (laughs) that's enough there like he's just like stereotypical like movie or sitcom dad where like he has no control over anything and like that's the one time he puts his foot down (laughs) i'm dropping the foot (laughs) and she's like well i didn't want dinner anyway and she like gets up and walks away like a teenager so but she like there's this moment where she's like i Fine. Yeah. I was actually really surprised by her level of self-control. Yeah. She just said, fine. She walks away. Oh, God. And then she has a dream about ants being on his face, her son's face. Oh, God. Yeah. And she ends up having an argument with them. It's like Inception, which I've never seen. But, like, there's ants on his face, and then there's not ants on his face. And then he's like, why do you hate me? Or whatever. Why are you afraid of me? Why are you afraid of me? Or she asks him why he's afraid of her. No, he asked, why are you afraid of me? And she was like, I never wanted to be your mother. 
I yep. tried to abort you like seven times. Oh you did everything they told me not to do if I wanted to have a healthy child. Yeah. And, and it didn't work. You came out anyway. And I'm so happy that you <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> Why do you hate me? Yeah. And then it cuts back to him and his like he's wet and like his hair's dripping. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, and yeah, she's also and dripping. And then she's dripping wet. And like yeah. that shot exchange like everything's normal and then it shoots to him and then he's dripping wet and then it shoots back to her and she's dripping wet and she's just casually like lighting a match while she's screaming at him and like it just oh it was so good i don't like his teenage guy crying either oh no me either oh yeah yeah i I can't even replicate it it's like (laughs) yeah he he can't i thought that too there's a couple scenes there's like four or five times he does that i wanted to punch him in the face yeah (laughs) it's very unsettling and it's supposed to be but it is it's really unsettling (laughs) and then she wakes up and you're like oh it was a dream 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 i guess or something like dream a little dream of me is that a song i think it is yeah it is doesn't she then see the bugs on the windowsill and she like follows them up to the attic and that's the point where oh we missed something really important um (laughs) like right after the grandmother died um the they like had buried her and then like a few days later uh steve gets a call that the grave had been desecrated quote unquote vandalized (laughs) sir your mother-in-law's grave was desecrated and then that isn't addressed yeah he's just Uh -uh. like he gets an email later on like here's your insurance claim for that i like how she's one room away and he's like what do you mean desecrated yeah (laughs) what do you mean tuck (laughs) what do you mean missing (laughs) what do you mean her headless corpse is in my attic (laughs) and she walks around the corner do you <laughs> like, what was that about? Oh, sorry, I was gonna I get some lady fingers. I, I didn't know. mean to make that voice. I just ran out of air while I was. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> like I love movie logic, where she just didn't hear him full volume going. What do you mean, this terrible thing? <laughs> what do you mean, dead? <laughs> Wrong number. It's fine, honey. Oh God. So anyway, <laughs> she. Then, like, something makes her go up into the attic. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't. I think it's either the smell or the bugs. I think it was the bugs. She, like, later sees the bugs, like, going into the attic, and she's like, oh, what's what's going on here? Way later. Oh. Um, The bugs that you're thinking of, she wakes up, and that's how the dream starts. She falls into her son's room. Listeners, we are only, like... Not even quite halfway through. So, at this point, (laughs) somewhere right around here, she goes to see Joni... Because she just decides oh, yeah. to give her a call. Her, she's she knocks, her new friend. She knocks some paint over, and as she's dabbing up the paint, she calls her. And then, no, she goes to the store to get oh, more right. shit, and yeah. then Joni's in the parking lot. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. air quotes. Well, are we talking about the first time she went to see Joni, or the second? Second, second. Okay. She's like, then oh, yes. the most amazing thing <laughs> happened. I, I, I can't. You have to come myself. see. And she has like a seance. Listeners, if you ever, ever be that person who's really excited and you go oh, I don't even want to tell you you're an asshole just <laughs> fucking talk about it if you're excited about it if you want to well okay but if it's something into- that's like a little bit crazy yeah. like <laughs> I feel like Seance. that's the best way to be like okay listen I know I sound fucking nuts then say but that. like 
She does. She because does. Like, Eventually, but she starts out by going, like, I don't even know if I should tell you. Like, like you if, I found, if oh, I found I'm... a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow, <laughs> like, and I'm... I approached somebody and I was like, oh my God, like, I just, I like, I feel like I shouldn't crazy. even say this because, like, if I say yeah. it, you're going to think I'm I'm crazy. Like, I don't know. If you found like, the end of a rainbow, I'd be. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't get to the end of one. It's theoretically impossible. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it would okay. be a fucking crazy thing to say. So, but and for this whole alert, like a pot of gold is something I understand. Getting to the end of a rainbow is not. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're, apparently we're you've eaten, never finished a bag of Skittles, so. Oh, I. Oh, 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 you don't need to be at the Sorry. end of it to taste the rainbow. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so Anne for this whole scene is just going. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Like. Okay. No. Let's go see this Sounds thing. Fine. Oh, I see the look on your face, okay. and I'm telling you, it's true. And... No, that's that's fine. I have a friend who was having some mental health issues, and like. I could see myself like, okay, like playing into it just to see how deep they are to see if I need to intervene uh-huh. somehow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. However, yeah. I've definitely been in, in that if position. If it's a stranger that you've known for less than a week and they're really excited about this and ask you to come back to their well, apartment. Well, there's really no time frame there, in I guess this there is, movie, but, but, but anyway. still, presumably she's known her for at most a month maybe well enough to trust her maybe not i don't know but she's basically saying here's this crazy thing come back to my apartment to witness this crazy thing sure i get your argument maybe you'd want to go if it's a lifelong friend but i don't know that i would be doing that with somebody i didn't know they're like let's do it at mcdonald's what do you think about that or you know 7-eleven down the street let's do it there we can do it there right there is something though to be said about like knowing someone who's been through a, a similar trauma, trauma yeah. to you yeah. like there's yeah. some sort of camar- camarader- camaraderie yeah. there where like it's like you're kind of encouraged you're supposed to make friends with the other yeah. people there yeah you but like for an aa or yeah. na you're supposed to like have a sponsor ex- yeah, yeah exchange phone numbers and hang out with yeah. each other so like it's like i don't know <laughs> you possible. is aa just forcing you to make friends <laughs> Sort of. Kind of. But, like, you you do have, like, an attachment to this person that you probably wouldn't otherwise. I guess. You feel a a weird sort of uh, connection with them. Yeah. Okay. All right. I rescind my... No, I don't. don't No, it it definitely was (laughs) straight. She definitely only saw this person, like, for the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, (laughs) she goes back back to, to... I keep wanting to say Anne because... The actress's name is Anne. Uh, Joni's house. And Your doormat has a, a picture of my mother's face embroidered on it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's it funny. have that last time. That's so strange. Um, so, <laughs> oh, these are one of the dolls that Charlie used to make. Isn't that weird? <laughs> my um, mother's severed head is over on your book stand. Isn't that weird? That's <laughs> so funny. I hear that so, a lot. <laughs> Necronomicon, so how to summon demons. <laughs> so she goes, she goes in and they're sitting there and she's like, okay, you have to, you have to keep your hand on the glass and we're going to talk to him. And so the glass starts moving on its own whenever Joni starts It's a drinking glass, by the way. To, yes, a drinking glass. Um, and Joni is like, that's my grandson. My grandson's moving that. And she starts like having a dialogue with the ghost of her grandson. I'm using air quotes. Yeah, I can't remember his name. 
Chase? I think it was Chase. It was Who cares what her Teddy. grandson was named? It was definitely a Y name. Te- I, think. I think it was Teddy. I thought it was something like that because she kept saying, like, Benny? Are you here? It ended in a Y. I'm almost positive. So I'm probably wrong. <laughs> it ended in a Y, but then again, I didn't. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It's Chasey. not a character that you see. You no. only hear about <laughs> them in passing. You've watched enough Supernatural mo- episodes and movies and stuff to know that you don't like bring stuff back from the dead without repercussions. There's literally a supernatural episode that says you shouldn't play with dead things. Uh, that, yes, I, oh, that's a good one. It's literally it's it scary. Is. It's literally the episode because they go to talk to the the kid, right? Yeah, and they're like, "Look, we need to know where she is," and he's like, "I don't know." And Dean, I guess they're both smart, but yeah. <laughs> Dean is the less smart one, and it rolls over, and he's like, "Do you want to come with us right now?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you sure? <laughs> and then I think Sam's like, well, if you see her, don't make any sudden movements. Wink. <laughs> don't do anything to antagonize her. Louie. Louie. Louie, Louie. Oh, can you move this glass? <laughs> so then after the glass moves, they get out a uh, chalkboard. Uh-huh. And it, w- it was Louie's chalkboard. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Smeared it, with his blood. It says Louie, so it must be him. <laughs> yeah. And he wrote, wrote, I love you, Grandma, spelled L-U-V on the chalkboard. <laughs> like a little kid would do it. Yeah. But in really nice handwriting. Yeah. Like, not <laughs> a seven-year-old straight handwriting. Um, and that's, of course, when Annie is like, what the fuck? Yeah, and she like, looks <laughs> under the table, and the camera pans down yeah. with her. There to check a, underneath the table. A lot of no-stop shots yeah, in, this, yeah. in this film that were really, yeah, really pretty. Yeah, I, th- I really think that's the mark of, of good camera work. It's, yeah. it's, it's easy to chop everything up and use different shots and different, different angles dates, for yeah. everything. But it's, it's tough. It takes planning and acting to keep a, a, a shot going. Yep, so Annie's all freaked out and she wants to leave and Joan's like, okay, okay, you can leave because I'm letting you leave, but you have to take this pamphlet (laughs) with incantations written in a language that you don't need to know (laughs) and just go home and a candle (laughs) and read these incantations when your entire family's in the house. It only works when your entire family's there. They all have to be there. Every single one of them. Even the dog. None of this raises any red flags for Annie. You can catch a rabbit and you can spread its blood on their floor. Did anybody say, did anybody notice that at that scene she says your entire family has to be in the house Mm -hmm. But her mouth said room. Did anybody catch that? Pick up on that. And you can hear that the word house sounds inserted into the sentence. (laughs) You have to make sure all of your family are in the house. house. It sounds like you can kind of... (laughs) I didn't notice that, but that actually makes sense because I think that they realized... Everyone in the room is hard to do. (laughs) That, like, without her having contacted Charlie, I don't think she would have had the guts uh, uh, to yeah. go and wake up Steve and Peter. Was like, that lassie someone's in the well? Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I, there was something weird that happened in between there, I feel like. Um, the Joni starts yelling at Peter right around this point. About what? She just starts yelling at him. She's oh. across the street going like, Peter! She's, oh, yeah. yeah. When he's at high school. 
Don't eat that. The milk is turned. Also, get out of your body. <laughs> He's like, what? what? We also, and I didn't really understand the significance of this scene, but we also missed the scene where the teenage kid is smoking weed oh, under yeah. the bleachers. Oh, right. And this time... What does he have? Like an anaphylactic shock? Yeah, he like he, he says his throat's like getting his bigger. Throat's yeah, up. yeah. And he wants one of his friends to hold his hand. He says, "Please hold my hand. <laughs> I'm scared." And then yeah. from that point forward, he's sitting by himself all the time in school. Yeah. Like, his friend's like, "Dude, it's just weed. It's just weed." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "You'll be all right, man. Get me the fuck out of here." <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't understand the significance of that. I'm gonna go scene. see if I can blend it's in like, with the popular so kids. So now he has. Um, because he slowly allergies. starts having like weird reactions like yeah, that. Well, at one point, he things. goes, <laughs> "Yeah, um, yeah." I think it was because he says the exact same thing that Charlie did before she died, and it's supposed to be. It's either psychosomatic or it's some kind of like transference type thing that's happening that yeah. like, his body's slowly being invaded. I don't know. Well, but- because whenever we flash forward a little while later. Um, Joni has his picture yes. in the center of like a ritual circle and like at her house. Yeah. And so I think that we're supposed to assume that she was like starting this this ritual to get the thing get things going for I just what's about to happen. I'd like to think that as Annie was leaving the apartment with like the ritual in her hand. <laughs> I don't know what these words say, but I guess I'll read it. Like, Ash from Evil Dead's like, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I know something about reading things you don't yeah, understand. You have to get every single syllable correct. <laughs> but, yeah, so she... They're at home that night, and she... Something happens that makes her want to do the ritual. Like, she can't sleep, and so she gets up and, like, yeah. decides that she's going to do it. And um, do the seance. And she experiences what she believes to be Charlie and um but we goes, don't see that no we don't see any of this she goes up then to get Steve and Peter and she's like I just did it I just did the the seance I went over to Joni's house and like Steve's like who's Joni and she's like my friend that whenever I'm out going to the movies and like <laughs> a friend a friend he's a, a psychiatrist <laughs> I, I believe that. so because um, his email is like psyche hatrick thing. I thought I when he's remember, emailing Bob, the other psychiatry guy. I thought I remembered that from somewhere in my brain that he was a psychiatrist, but I, I didn't think to follow up on it. If I understand correctly, psychologists study the mind. Psychiatrists do the same thing, but they have the ability to prescribe medication. Yes. In theory, he would have something at home, something heavy duty to sedate her. Yeah, if he was a psychiatrist, yes. If he was not just a, a psychologist, so as him not being just a, like, that, you he, still have to put a lot of work into that. I didn't want to like. <laughs> oh, you do, yes. <laughs> um, like a pharmacist. I actually thought I had a pretty good grip <laughs> on psychology, kidding, and seriously. I almost failed it in college. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I really understood it, but um, yeah, I would have thought like at that point when she's like, "Come, it'll be real quick." Like, just jam a needle in her neck with something in it, like... He, yeah, he gives her a lot, lot of chances. <laughs> if, his, if his profession is mental health, there's a lot of times in this movie where he just kind of lets things go. Or maybe, you know, maybe you, yeah. have to, you have to be really careful about separating your work from your family life. Because he's not ethically allowed to, like, work with his family that way. Baloney! Like, his son, his wife, there are plenty of times where he could talk to them and start being like, you really need to talk to someone. Like, this is, you know, can I help you work through this or something? But... Yeah, she, like, in the worst, in the most uh, uncomfortable way possible, like, 
Peter, 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 come downstairs. They probably thought, I'm sorry, Frantic. everything that I said. Yeah. Everything's fine. Just come downstairs. I have to do something amazing. I figured it out. It's all fine. Come downstairs. Oh, yeah. She we'll, makes sure we'll to totally apologize yeah. real quick. Yeah. For the for, for for everything that she said at the dinner table yeah. the, night, the, the night before. She met, and yeah. she, it's a really quick apology. Like, okay, first I just want to start by saying I am so so sorry for everything I said. But anyway, you're the love of my life. I love you so much. Okay, I will do I the seance, right but you just got to take these two pills first. They're fine. I mean, uh, you'll yeah. wake up. Maybe yeah. <laughs> um, the seance vitamins. The seance vitamins. <laughs> you have holy water in them, so that you can't be possessed. Um, but they go downstairs, and she's like, "Okay, so you have to do this, and you have to do this," and the whole time, like. Peter and Steve are kind of like, uh, and like Steve's like trying to leave, and then Peter's like, "No, I want to do this," and like yeah. he makes the decision, and Steve's <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, fine." And like, it's unclear if he just wants to to see where she's going with this because he thinks it might help her work through this, or if there's some part of him that truly wants to believe that there's a chance that this could be possible. It's kind of unclear, but either way, he is. He's like, "No, let's do this." And yeah. the, <laughs> so they start doing it, um, like the seance, not. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so <laughs> they, start, they start doing the seance, and oh, real uh, quick, she just casually throws in, "I'm a medium." I'm a psychic oh, medium. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm a medium. And it's not even established. Like she just decided it that day. Yeah. I've been seeing apparitions for a while, and I ignored them, and I shouldn't have. I'm a medium. Uh, yeah. I'm super powerful, but it's okay. Let's we'll do what we're doing. <laughs> The, the poor dad. The poor dad. The whole movie is just like, okay, honey. okay. Where is this going? So they do it. They do the the seance, and they the glass moves. Mm-hmm. Well, they hear yeah. the don't they hear that first, and then no, like it's after I think the glass moves first. Okay. So, like, it moves a little bit, and, like, Steve's like, oh, what, did you do that, Peter? And he's like, no, and then the glass, like, flies across the table and, like, yeah. stops. It doesn't, like, break or anything yet. Or at all. And then the candle. Yeah. Charlie's upset about something, according to Annie. Like a gout of flame. Like, it goes, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, gout. It's a-, a good word. Gout sucks. I mean, well, not in this, I guess. <laughs> Um, and then Joni or Annie gets the weirdest look on her face. She's like, like I guess she's getting possessed. <laughs> I don't know exactly. But that's when she starts talking in presumably Charlie's voice. Yeah. And that's um, when it gets real fucking weird. Peter's like, I want to stop now. I want to stop. And he starts stop. doing his teenager crying gurk, thing. Gurk, gurk, gurk. <laughs> it would be terrifying and weird. Especially it would all be that, ter- like grief and everything. It's awful. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then a glass breaks across the room and she wakes up and she's like what what why is everyone freaked out what <laughs> we were just having a seance why is everyone so scared I don't remember what happens in the interim but eventually Peter has like a seizure in class and like smacks his nose off the desk <laughs> it's not funny but I love the class the teacher's like Peter are you alright <laughs> are you alright there's no way he looks very he much fell. like he's having a seizure well, I that think he's, that a stroke okay. or, or like yeah, a stroke. psychotic break or something half of his severe. face is like yeah, oh yeah yeah. yeah. it's really clear he's not alright so that question is 100% unnecessary <laughs> oh my god and like nobody made any move to help him no. the teacher's like oh no god. they moved away from him and like he, they were if someone's smacking out. their head off their desk you should at least go over and try to hold on to them so they don't do that anymore <laughs> so he yeah. 
it was he was just sitting there, and then all of a sudden he saw the same flash of light yeah. that Charlie had seen whenever she was like creating her little toy thing, mm. and it like goes over and like lands on um, Peter's reflection in like a trophy case. And he, like, makes eye contact with himself in the mirror and then, like, in the reflection. The reflection smiles. And it's, like, got this big creepy smile on his face. And he's, like, "Ah, ah," (laughs) and, like, starts freaking out. And then he, like, just slams his head on the table. And then he, like, lurches back off of it. And, like... (laughs) Small point of order. He's, like, he's doing that weird stroke held up by an ethereal force thing and Uh. he can't move. And then it slams his, it, like, something else is controlling him. Yeah. And, and, like, the way that I interpreted that scene is that, like, he's desperately internally fighting against this other force that's holding him. And then it forces him to slam his head off his desk. And that's when he screams because, like, it finally lets go of him and, like, he couldn't control himself. Like, that's yeah. that's the yeah. kind of interpretation I okay. got. I bet he peed himself, too. I would have. Would... Um, so... A demon was basically like, say uncle. <laughs> that's <laughs> they... me, by the way. They try calling Annie. <laughs> And Annie doesn't pick up because Annie is in the attic. Uh, doing um, Annie things. And also Annie no things. longer among the world of the living. Um, Annie is not okay. No. <laughs> and she goes up into the attic and she sees something kind of over in the corner and she walks over to it and shines some light on it and it is her mother's decapitated corpse. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 Um, and... <laughs> Uh, you always got on pretty good without your head, Mom, and that's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what you appreciate? Oh, yeah. um, oh. So she <laughs> like freaks out, obviously, and goes downstairs. And about that time, um, Steve, who got the backup call because Annie didn't pick up, has gone to get Peter, and he comes home and like Annie is like out in the driveway running up towards his yeah. car and she's like oh my god oh my god and he's like just and like like waving oh, yeah. her Peter away has a, a broken nose a nose brace yeah, yeah he has a huge nose brace on his nose and you're not gonna believe what happened I found my mom's body in the, in the attic and also my friend the friend that I knew for a while but only a couple of weeks now who taught me how to do the seance she's the one who started all of this she's in my mom's picture and she never mentioned that she knew my mom oh by the way what happened to Peter will you grab your son's legs please so we can carry him inside <laughs> oh, okay. well, yeah, yeah, and sure. she yeah she like did he's find... groceries or something <laughs> yeah we really work hard. We can get on one trip. <laughs> she did finally start looking through the boxes and realized that um, she saw Joni's Joni in like, all of her mom's and yeah. all of her mom's pictures. And it's like kind of hard to tell exactly what's going on, but it kind of seems like a cult, a little bit. I mean. Max and D-Pad are two of my best friends and like all the time they come over and we have photo photo sessions where they they shower me in gold coins while I wear a, a wreath yeah. of crowns and yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a- all the time like it's in all my photo albums so really when she's looking at that that's not that weird so there's no red flags there really um mm-hmm. But she also finds a bunch more of those mats that, like, the one that was in front of Joni's door. That Joni's like, oh, um, mom, that's weird that your mom made things like that. And as she's going through them, there's one for Peter, one for Annie, and one for Charles. Oh, no. Wait, who the hell's Charles? Charlie, Charlie was, was supposed, supposed to be a boy. Were they actually named her Charles? No. I, I'm pretty sure her name was Charlotte, oh. but because she, like... She was convinced okay. that she was supposed to be a boy, so she 
did one in the name of Charles. Because there's a, a point where Annie says to someone, I think it's during the, like, verbal just decompression where she says in the group therapy, she says, like, basically she gave her daughter to her mom and she put her hooks in her and, like, because she stopped her from ever seeing Peter. Like, she wasn't allowed to see Peter. She wouldn't let her. And then at some point she just, for some reason, just let her start spending time with Charlie. So she got her hooks in her and spent, like, all her time with her and loved her and, like... There was a point where I thought I saw a drawing of... Or, no, it wasn't a drawing. It was, um, it was one of the, the dioramas of, um, Annie was in bed with Charlie as a baby, nursing her. Yeah. And... Annie's mom was standing there with, like, her shirt down, like she was attempting to nurse Charlie. Ew! Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and she said at one point, like, mom would never let me put you down. Or she would she would never give you up. No matter never what, let me feed you. Yeah, no matter she, what was happening. Yeah, like, she was yeah I remember there. that. Mm-hmm. Remember that line. <laughs> Which is totally normal, especially when your mom's estranged. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when your mom's strange. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so she goes over to Joni's house to like knock on. The- oh, she also she finds um Charlie's uh, sketchbook on her bed. Yeah, and it's like flipping through pages of sketches that are just of Peter, and like they start kind of normal, and then as they're flipping. Like, his eyes are becoming more and more gouged out. And um, so then she, at some point, decides to go over to Joni's. No. She goes downstairs to burn the the book after her husband popped, like, 17 sleeping pills. (laughs) Um, And he's, like, sleeping through her coming downstairs. And she goes over to burn the book and the, the sketchbook. And can't because it lights her on fire too. Very Polaroid esque. Yes. Mm. And um, then the next day she goes over to to Joni's house and is like pounding on the door, like, "You need to talk to me. I need to know what the hell is going on." Like, freaking out. And um, this is she's all really before, freaking out. But then again, she yeah. This is all taking place before she found the headless body in the attic. Yes. By the way, not that it matters. Oh, uh, not that it. Does. It does matter a little bit because well, there's a there's if a point. You stuck <laughs> with us this long. You've already seen the movie, or you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so they, <laughs> she goes over and she's pounding on the door trying to get Joni to answer, and Joni's not there, I guess, or she is and just not. She's not just not answering the door. But there are candles fucking everywhere <laughs> in her apartment. And Candles are a huge source of carbon monoxide. <laughs> there's a big um, ritualistic huh. circle on her table, and in the uh-huh. center is... It is a triangle. There's a circle... There's a couple of different like lines <laughs> around it, but I thought that there was a circle around the whole thing. There is a shitty diaper in the trash, I think. We'll see who likes it when I throw that at it the next time they go clicking off over there. <laughs> I mean, you can do that. But... It's going to get ugly in here real quick. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, she's um, all like, Joni, the, the ritual you gave me, I think I might have read it wrong. I think I summoned the demon. I was trying to talk to my daughter. I, if you can just help me out, I'm yeah. not really sure what I should do from here. And there's a picture of Peter in the middle of the table, and his eyes eyes are gouged no out, eyes. like the picture mm-hmm. pictures that mm-hmm. Charlie was drawing. Mm-hmm. And 
so then she finds the body. And she goes, all this shit happens with Peter's nose. Um, and, <laughs> um, the husband, the husband's like, you fucking dug her up, didn't you? And like, he blames her. I was and too. She convinces him to go up and check. And like, he, his patience is wearing thin. Like, he's tired of giving in to her. And she's like, just, okay. just go look, just go look. And he opens it and he's like, oh, like he realizes it's, it smells awful. And his response, I just love, he's a serious, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, a shriek. Because he, he like didn't believe that yeah. that was really you, How do you walk up into the attic? Ugh. The smell, the bugs. As soon as he opens the attic door, like bugs just. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe and he walks on he up there. That it was like a dead squirrel or something. Like maybe <laughs> he was just like maybe she just smelled it and then like had a hallucination or something. But yeah, and then he. Right, I think that it's reasonable at this point, even with what he's seen, to assume that she dug her mother up and put her in the attic. It's horrifying, but it's at this point, like... Don't do anything with her. Like, he comes downstairs, they have an argument, you dug her up, didn't you? Da-da-da, like, you're being insane. We'll we'll talk about this later. And (laughs) then... Very hard to dig up a grave. They, like, they leave her in the attic. I've, they, I think they also put something on graves called coffin liners or coffin, like, dams. A liner, if I understand correctly, you might be able to get off yourself. But, like, the other one, it's like a slab of concrete. Hmm. Maybe huh. that's just in certain city ordinances. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I'm just digging a six-foot hole, you know, of like a three four foot by six-foot hole by yeah. six-foot hole. I would take a normal person... <laughs> 18 hours. Oh, it would take... Like, I'd have to stop and sleep at some yeah. point. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I understand your argument, Kitty, but I think that everything that's happening here from, from when the, the dad finds the body is, like, 30 minutes at most. Like, it's yeah, real quick. And that's whenever I, Joni gets the idea and tells him that, like, she, she realizes now that she, she made a mistake and she brought this here and the ritual actually summoned something and she needs him to burn the book because when she tried to burn it, it caught her on fire. And, like, it's heartbreaking because everything that she's saying is true from her perspective, but it, he can't believe it because it sounds like something someone having a mental break sounds would say. Sounds crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's awful. And she's it's really playing the part, yeah. too. She's yeah. really, like... And, like, at that point... Okay, here's one of my biggest frustrations with this movie. <laughs> like, he played into things for this this long. Yeah. Like, this long. You played into it. And, like... This could be the end of the delusions if you just throw the fucking book into the fire <sighs> and it doesn't set her on fire. We're not like, advocating that you follow into someone's delusions. Like, no. That is oftentimes very but, dangerous. Like, it, it would be a good way to just be like, okay, just this one last thing. And, like, if this doesn't work and she still believes it, then I'm I'm putting her in. Like, if that's, like, if this isn't enough to shake her out of it, like, I still would have thrown it yeah, into the fire because yeah, he gets, that like, was all he had to do. two feet away from the fire and he's like, no. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, I'm not yeah. playing to your delusions anymore. And, However, like, this is where I draw the line, not the time, seance the other night. <laughs> this time she douses the, the diary or notebook or whatever it is in paint thinner. Yeah. Now, I don't understand. <clears throat> she threw it into the fire. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she catch on fire? I don't know. Yeah, that that part is not explained. I poor writing. It probably my guess is that the ritual changed. Like the 
like, imp- they had her kind of on board. He wasn't, and he needed to be out of the picture. Like, I think that it was up to convenient. the- I think it was up to mm. the cult the whole time. Mm. Like, from Charlie hitting her head on the telephone pole, and yeah. the bird yeah. hitting the window, who di- and, who lives and who dies. Peter hitting his face off of the thing. Like, I think all of that was made up by the cult along with Steve getting burned. Yeah, the notebook also has the cult symbol pressed into it. In the yeah. Leather. Yep. Hmm. And... So he catches on fire. And she just snaps. I mean... She's shocked at first. Like, oh my god, my husband is going up in flames. But then you see that blue light. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then she snaps just into normalcy. Yeah. Like... And... Peter's still sleeping through all of this. Like uh, he's, he's unconscious. Yeah, he's still like <laughs> passed out after smacking his face off of his desk at school. And he wakes up and starts moving around. End up in the corner. Oh yeah. Behind him, and he's just like, huh, "What's going on? What?" Just like looking around, and she's just all like, and then she like swims through the air out the door. I, I didn't like that. And we'll like, talk about that. <sighs> it's like the lady in the end of the Ghost House movie, mm. like when she's like scrabbling up the wall like a burning cockroach. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, yeah. um, but she goes out the door, and he starts like meandering around the house looking for his parents and he eventually stumbles upon his dad's burnt corpse like you do like Like you you do do. and he's just standing in the middle of the living room and then he turns around and there's just a naked man standing in the doorway smiling at him smiling this movie makes makes a a big case for keeping a firearm in the house Uh, (laughs) and like his mom's just kind of like in the the shadows of the corners like everywhere he goes just kind of like "Eh, i'm a spider this time there's like a lion roar from the other side of his perspective and she comes running at him but he's yeah she drops down out of a corner and he takes off to the attic yeah somehow he knows to go there she has a bolt on the inside yeah, it's a little convenient. That's a good point. Why did he run to the attic of all places? And why was there a bolt inside? I guess it's the only door in the house that fucking locks. <laughs> I guess, and he knew that, apparently. The attic room. <laughs> yeah, as he, somehow he gets... Well, also the attic was open already, I think? The, the, I it remember. was open, the ladder was down. Oh, that might have been that's why. Right. Yeah, he, so like, he just goes running up there, and he gets it. And then that's... I'll say it now, is the most horrifying scene in the whole movie is when he's on the other side going mom please stop and it cuts to her and she's suspended on the ceiling hitting her head into the door and it's creepy as hell it's it Which... doesn't sound creepy when you describe it but no. visually it's... and apparently having that door shut was she's... no barrier for her getting into the attic apparently. so she's banging her head on the ceiling fast yeah and hard and, like yeah fast and would, hard would be like bloodying her whole face um <laughs> and he like gets up and he turns around and he walks over and there's like no grandma on the floor anymore but there's a outline of where her body was with candles and then there's more naked people and he's just Everywhere. like oh, fuck this and he leaps out the window <laughs> well all right That's well a, he looks up because yeah he hears uh, <laughs> And his mother is sawing her head off from behind. Like, like she has, saw. like, a wire saw behind her head. 
Well, I think she has it wrapped around her throat. Oh. So that's when yeah. she's sawing, it's sawing into it. Like, it's it's how you use a wire saw. Um, it, or a garot. Uh, <laughs> garot, or is it garot? It's garot. I think it's Garrett. Garrett wire. Really? Garot mm. wire. I thought it was a garot. So he he sees that, and then he sees the naked people, and then he leaps out the window, because apparently his mother sawing her own head off wasn't enough to make him leap out the window. (laughs) And so he does that, lands on the ground, and then you hear the thunk inside of her head falling off of her body onto the floor. And he just lays there for a minute, and then all of a sudden there's like, as soon as her head hits the floor, there's a dark shadow that moves over top of his body and then there's a little beam of light that looks like water reflection that comes in and it like into his body and then he gets up and starts walking and he looks up and sees her headless body floating through the air up into the tree oh yeah 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 that was really weird and creepy that was odd very very odd and Um, good wire work yeah it looks very convincing just floating through the air and uh settling they go up into the treehouse and Joni is there and just a bunch of other fucking people and they're all naked and his sister mother and grandmother's bodies are like all bent like into a kneeling Bowing. position yeah headless well, his sister's head is on the top. Sister's of Sister's head is on the yeah on the it statue is. <clears throat> with like a crown on top of it. And there's a bird next to it in a cage. Yeah, and um, he uh, he's standing there. Peter's standing there, and um, Joni goes, "Hello, Charlie," and like starts talking to him in just like this really soft voice, and like your name is actually Payman, and you have been summoned <clears throat> for the end of the world or whatever. I literally don't remember why he's corrected there. your first body. We corrected your female form, and you're one of the eight eight princes of hell or eight yeah. kings of hell, Payman, Lord of all secrets or something like that, or Keeper of all secrets, which is a pretty. I mean, if you're going to summon one of the the kings of hell. You want to summon the one with all the secrets. Yeah, yeah. he's got power over everybody. He's got all the secrets. Yeah. So much blackmail. <laughs> Is that even useful in hell? I mean, it's like one part less hot than another, and like, if you know everybody's secrets, you get to have a less hot part. Also, wouldn't everybody know each other's sins? I would think so. Well, that's it. That's the end of the movie. They put a, you know, the crown on his head. It looks like it's made of clay or something. Yeah. I, to me, it looked like it was made of leather. Probably human leather. Oh. Yeah, it's fair. But, yeah, so that was hereditary. They say, hail payment, hail payment. And then the camera pans out and it shows the setting of the room. And it looks very um, kind of like the birth of Jesus Christ. Like little very, yeah. Yeah. very main mage mange manger manger ma- manger esque yes uh, yeah. um, garot 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 okay there you I go so. okay. and I only know that because I feel like someone with really good diction said it in a movie and I remember dick thinking, I shun yes shun <laughs> that dick um, I like the guy that had the garot in Warlock Empire. I don't know who the other guy was. I guess he knows him from Ireland. But he follows him into the bathroom and bends a spoon and puts it in the lock in the door so nobody else can come in. And he walks up behind him 
and he gets him. But the guy at the last second gets three of his fingers yeah. under the wire, and like they tussle around for like a minute or two, and like the guy is just pulling, and you see his three fingers just like pop, oh. pop, pop, and he just. You know. All right, so, um, so that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Thank God. And. I don't feel um, like I'm more I'm for gonna, having watched this. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. My favorite part of the movie is not when it happens, but immediately after Charlie gets beheaded. Like, Peter's mm. acting yeah, in yeah, that yeah. sequence, followed by Tony Collette's acting. Like, just the whole sequence for, like, the next five minutes... That, is so much that whole five minutes like it's like if, if you remember <sighs> if you only remember one scene of this movie it would be that yeah it'll be that scene it's it's like i said it's not even charlie actually getting beheaded because you don't re- you don't really see it not like really. you don't see the gore um until later I but i don't think that would take your head off it wouldn't not that no. clean i mean heads are very They're well attached <laughs> um but uh, yeah, so that's my favorite part. Would have been lethal, though. Probably. Um, D-Pad, since you are our guest, what was your favorite part of the movie? Oh, I was hoping I wasn't going to be next. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out mine. Yeah, I, I want to say... Maybe my notes will help. <laughs> I want to say... Anne's acting. Mm. Mm. Annie. Tony Collette's acting. Tony Collette. Yeah. Okay. Because the the actor actress that played Joni, her name is. Yeah, okay. So, so I have to like de- my de- brain delineate. Okay. Needed to make sure that I knew you were talking. Yeah. About. I the think. Results, I'm sorry. I the, I'm I'm going to be honest. The when I fr- I watched this movie two times in preparation for the podcast. The first time I watched the movie, I actually thought that the entire movie was just a metaphor for for mental illness or schizophrenia like i didn't i thought that the whole demon demonology aspect was all just delusions hocus pocus Hmm. mumbo jumbo (laughs) the and as a crazy person or a person who's slipping into insanity gradually slipping into insanity i thought you were making comparison to yourself just now no as a person as a, as a person their fucking mind. no <laughs> as someone destined to be a vessel <laughs> the, for a chaotic demon no um no what was it what was the actress's name tony collette tony <clears throat> collette really sells that yeah starting off normal but troubled and leading in down the the downward spiral of yeah. insanity. Yep. All right, Vic. Oh, me. Um my favorite part of this movie was the soundtrack because it mm. was really unsettling but interesting. I don't know, it's hard to describe. At times it sounded like it was as melodic as like a buzzsaw, but at other times it was it was just weird. Like it was really hard to to kind of pinpoint it, but I really liked it. All right, next. Um, well, uh, uh, my notes aren't any help at all. <laughs> I usually, don't write down stuff I like. Oh, that's not true. I do a lot. Um, um. 
<laughs> you can say nothing. Yeah. You can, you I, can I say. honestly don't know. There was no part that stood out, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that was amazing." Um. I, I guess if I had to pick something, I'd say my favorite part was the acting of the father. Okay. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. very like he's a clinical man. Mm. You know, he has he has a detached way of looking at things. Like I'm sure he was grieving for Charlie, but like, like he's healthily, I guess, internalizing things. Like he can deal with it on his own. Yeah. To me, it felt a little bit more like he felt like he needed to be the strong one, right. In the situation, Caring so he was. Yeah, like he was like taking care of everyone else before it's, it's, like, yeah. he was carrying the burden with his silence. Yeah, by you know by not getting yeah involved. So, let's go with that. Yep. Um, least favorite part. <laughs> you only have like twenty minutes <laughs> to figure that out. I just like <laughs> I was listening to you guys. I wasn't thinking about. I appreciate other that because I often don't listen to you yeah. guys, um, and that's why I don't know what you said. <laughs> I think that my least favorite part is the fact that it seemed like this whole payment thing was a part of Annie's mom's entire life, not just, like, after they were estranged, and she didn't know any of it. Like, her how did her mom keep it that well hidden for that many years? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's weird. I don't know. So that kind of annoyed me. I think that was my least favorite part. Okay. D-pad, what was your least favorite part of this movie? Ooh, I just, um, I mean, I respect the movie a lot for not following the typical format of a horror movie. Mm. I usually do respect that. I, I even if, uh, you know, I, I, I will always respect somebody for trying something new and breaking new territory and, and just going for whatever their unique art, artistic vision is. But I, a lot of times in the movie, I didn't know where they were going with this <laughs> and not in like a mystery kind of way that leaves you <laughs> guessing like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It was more along the lines of like, what are they going for? Mm. Is is this? Uh, you know, uh, uh, what what uh, I can tell that the, that they're trying to connect all the dots at the conclusion of the movie, but I wasn't sure what dots they were trying to connect. Or I, I saw all the dots there, but I was like, well, I I don't know what what this is. I don't know what this is leading up to. It's like Ari Aster had like that dot like thing in a coloring book. And he like draws it and he's like, it's a sailboat. And you're like, ah, oh, the fuck it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I started I from number 20 and then five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well gone. All right. Um, so there's a few things about this movie that bothered me a little bit, but honestly, and I might be scooping this from Max, and I'm sorry, um, you can pick the same one, but Annie crawling across the, the one wall behind peter wire work like that is really mm. difficult and mm. i really really appreciate whenever I'll, i really appreciate when movies try to do practical stunts it means a lot to me mm. but that effect is really hard to get right because you have to have the person's speed move 
you have to have their forward momentum, the, the speed at yeah. which they're moving across the wall, match how fast their limbs are moving. Because if, they're, if their body doesn't look like it can generate the force that's moving them across uh-huh. the wall, your brain immediately picks out that that's not right. Um, and I, it's just, it, it's so hard. It, you, you only see that at yeah. like two parts of the movie. And I remember seeing it and thinking, yeah. I never saw that before. That's That's good. That one was good. It just, I don't know, like... I have a hard time with stuff like that. So that would be my pick. Um, I really appreciate movies trying to do practical stunts. It it means a lot to me, but I actually really appreciated those stunts, but (laughs) I don't know for me. It's just the way that it works. Like I look at that and I'm like, okay, like it just kind of doesn't work there. It's like the whole scrabbling across the surface thing. Just it, well, um, and it, the issue wasn't even that she was scrambling across the surface. It's that her legs, like, she was facing down. Like, she was, like, crawling across the air, not crawling yeah. across the ceiling. Like, personally, I think I would have liked it more if they would have maybe rigged up a somewhat rigid dummy and, like, pulled it super fast out of the room. Like, it was moving, like, really quickly. I, fa- I would have found that a lot more creepy. I think that if she had, like, if they had done the wire, okay, follow me here. <laughs> if they had flipped her the other way so her hands and feet were on the ceiling mm. so that her head was bent down because I think the whole thing was that they wanted to keep her looking at Peter. Like, I think mm. they wanted her, like, to have an eye on him the whole time. Mm. So, like, bend her neck down kind of, like, an unreasonable amount and, like, have her crawl towards him on the wires but then play it in reverse. I think that that may have looked mm. better than having mm. her face down so that she could watch him. But, but yeah, it just didn't, it, like like I said, I really appreciate it, and I'm sure it was difficult. That just the speed at which it moved, it kind of took me out of things a little bit. It was a little cheesy for me. But, um, Max? I would have picked that, too. Yeah. Uh, you can still it. It really did stand out. Um, I guess I will, because I, I was thinking about something else, but that's really more so for ratings, so. Yeah, okay. yeah like, I mean, that it really does ruin things. Like, I really did like Ghost House. I know it's not the best horror movie out there, but in the end, when, it, you know, like, she's like, bah, up the wall, and, like, it's just, it's... It's so hard to get that right, and I, I honestly, there's probably a movie or two out there that I've seen it work well, but it's just, it's hard to I'm make I'm trying to think good. of times, I know there's times I've seen it, and I was like, ooh. Maybe in Split, there's a point where he's crawling on the wall. Never saw it. I vaguely remember being impressed by that, but I don't remember if if it was that or I don't know. It's been so long, but yeah, it's it's hard to get it right. So, um, all right. So overall rating. Um, Nope, scary part. Oh, sorry. Um, so why don't you settle down? You've been doing this for (laughs) part. I think the scariest part for me is the part where she's sawing her head off in the corner. Like mm. it's the it makes my stomach feel the weirdest and like it the fact that like Peter is watching it happen like oh and you God. hear the blood splash first yeah yep all right deep head you know what I actually that part didn't scare me because it just looked too puppety 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 mm. puppety. It didn't, there was no, like, personification. It was, like, Uncanny Valley for me. Hmm. I was just like, oh, that that's not a person. That doesn't look like a person. Your arms wouldn't move like that. I don't know. I'm nitpicking here, but. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, I think she was possessed. So it yeah. wasn't really her own force. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying, though. See, speaking of her being possessed, like, when she crawls out of the room through the air, 
I thought it would be more believable if she kind of like, kind of like Pearl Fu from B- Cowboy Bebop. She kind of like haphazardly like floats out of the room. Oh. Maybe like whacks her head off the door frame or something, you know, <laughs> on the way out. Like that would have been more believable. Anyway. All right. D-Pad, what was your, your scariest part, though? Okay, what was the well, scariest part uh, What I'm actually going to choose to pick personally, personally, I don't want to say, okay, well, I don't want to say this was the scariest part of the film, but the part, the one part that I just want to shine some light on that I respect a lot was the uh, <laughs> scene at the very end. What is that? I heard that. This happening right now was the scariest. Did somebody's phone make noise? Is Calcifer laying it on might, my phone? It might be. I can't reach into my pocket okay. and check. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead. It, I heard it again. Or am I, I don't crazy? Hear it. Yeah, it was my phone. Okay. All right. That was like that was so weird. That, that was, was so really fucking weird. weird. Okay. Weird. All right. The scene I want to give a honorable mention to is at the very end when the sons, when, when the mother's disembodied, beheaded corpse is just floating mm. up into the treehouse. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very distant and it's very liquid like. Yeah. Liquid snake. Yep. <clears throat> All right. And there's also silence hmm. when this is happening. Yeah. And I remember that making quiet. me feel very uneasy. Yo. All right, Vic. Um, like I said before, the scariest part for me is just whenever he runs away from her, finally finds a place of safety. And from his perspective, she might just be banging on it with her fists. But then we like it zooms down and shows mm-hmm. us that she is like attached herself to the ceiling and nope. she's slamming her head into Not it. Fists. And it's really unsettling. I more than anything else in this movie, that, that scene unsettled me with his reaction and what she was doing at it freaked me out. Alright. Scariest part for me would have been being in my house and then turning and looking and like there is a naked man standing <laughs> in the doorway. Yeah. yeah. Smiling at you like that. Yeah. Like that like if it's just there's like, no situation where that's okay. Like, no. if, if it were just a naked dude, that would be bad enough. But with that smile on his face, you know that he is up to some shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't trust anybody who was in my house without invitation, unless I knew them. But everybody who knows me knows they should not come into my house without invitation, right? Yeah. Or at least without forewarning. I learned that. <laughs> <It was> a- <laughs> But like so even if I turned around and there was like a smartly dressed young man like oh sorry I didn't mean to bother you I just I'd be like okay but that man is naked but I don't trust you <laughs> you better keep your distance and tell me what you want here uh, but that would have been the scariest part for me it would have been yeah just creepy fucker naked wham bam naked man yep yeah <laughs> all right wham um, bam hey man all right so my overall rating for this movie I am going to give it an eight and a half. Out of ten, of course you would. I'm not going to give it a full ten like I did for Midsummer. I think that um, Ari Aster definitely made some improvements in his filmmaking between Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, Wait, what came first? Hereditary. 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 Yeah. Hereditary. Um, Deepad told me that. And so, my my biggest thing with it, like the chemistry between all the actors in this movie. 
the acting from all of the actors in this movie, like from Charlie's super awkward, like basically not speaking demeanor to the goat crying from Peter is a little annoying, but like his acting immediately after Charlie gets beheaded to Tony Collette and to Anne Dowd and like to their chemistry together, like just everything about that is fantastic. Most of the effects are pretty good. Um, there's a lot of, like, creepy shit. And, like, I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like there are a lot of artsy... <clears throat> like, all of... I feel like a lot of artsy movies have a tendency to try too hard to be artsy. And they don't... They're like, I'm going to make a really pretty horror movie, but then they forget to do the horror part. And I feel like Ari Aster does a pretty good job of making movies that make you feel super uncomfortable, that make you feel kind of scared. Like, there's a bunch of different things about his movies that are just really good. And I just, I, I enjoy this one just not quite as much as Midsummer. So. You guys make fun of me for having long answers. <laughs> okay, my answer got interrupted, like, twice, so... <laughs> What is your overall rating for this movie? I want to say seven and a half. Okay. Um, that feels true to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and by no means does that mean that, that I thought yeah. it was bad. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's well above half. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was too disrespectful to say seven. It's definitely more than a seven, but I don't want to quite say give it an eight. Um... This is a very tonal movie. Like, it's very... It's very atmospheric. Mm. And those are the kinds of movies that you have to be in the right mood to watch. You have to set in for the night. You gotta gotta have plenty of time and patience and nothing else to do. You gotta turn the lights out. You know, it... it, and, And it's... and. It's good. It, it was done very well, and Ari Aster definitely has a, the the eye for cinema, um, and taking his time with his scenes, and, mm. and rather than like hurrying through to get to the to get to the plot or the next line or the next scary decapitation. Yeah, he's like, not he, quite as good as um, Mike Flanagan, in my opinion, in some <laughs> things. But I thought we were past Mike Flanagan. Nope. Have that mirror. But he does make. <laughs> very deliberate choices yeah and they're very very well thought out yeah and i like that yeah he knows what he's doing he can take a scene that's would ordinarily be mundane and just add a general creepiness to it Mm -hmm. and this whole movie is about like that he takes that creepy undertone and just builds and builds gradually Mm. and it, it it's you you don't even really have to see where where it's where it's going like what's going on like the whole underlying picture of it Mm. but it it, it, there's just like a sense of eeriness and a sense that something is very wrong and that just builds steadily throughout the movie um i do the only reason why i i think that um the only my only nitpick really is just that uh I, I watched this movie I watched it the first time and I thought this was great and then when I watched it the second I actually watched it a second time and 
it just didn't have the same didn't hit the same way no i actually felt different now for me there was a large gap between so we watched this for the first time in probably 2018 because it was before ganon was born yeah and then the second time we watched it it was this week so if i had given it a while i probably would have had a different opinion for my second viewing my second viewing i i liked more yeah usually that's the way it is i like movies where there are little things hidden around for you to see like the sixth sense and like um this movie and midsummer and um all of haunting on hill house and like there's just there's all these things where like there are little tiny things mm. for you to pick out while you're going through that it are like specifically for your second or third second, time yeah, yeah. Second viewing. because yeah. whenever you watch a movie you lose that first time viewing of it like there's not the shock that there is for the first time but i like when movies have things for people who are watching it multiple times so okay well, I, yeah, I mean, I was, you kind of expect that, especially with, like, a director like Ari Aster. Yeah. You, you know, he's going to pack a lot of details into there. Um, but, it, yeah, for, for me, I like, I was expect even expecting that, just the second viewing. I, like, I feel like the plot of the movie is pretty, you know, kind of straightforward. Yeah. And it's really the tone that makes it good. Yeah. And if you're, if you already like if you if you're already expecting that tone to be there it just doesn't have the same effect yeah but um but yeah it's definitely definitely worth a watch and there's definitely some i think it's definitely even worth a second watch like oh yeah i like i think that i don't know in my opinion it's worth a first and a second watch maybe not like one right after the other Um, I'm actually going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. Oh. Because this movie makes me feel very uncomfortable. Uh, more so after being a parent. <laughs> he was so um, mad at me last night. <laughs> um, it just, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. There's a lot of things about this that Ari Aster does well, and I don't think that this is quite as good a movie as Midsummer, but it has a lot here that just it just makes me feel uncomfortable and it's one of these movies that i don't want to watch very often because it it is really effective so nine out of ten for me so basically you're saying it's great i hate it yeah (laughs) see that's how i felt about midsummer Mm -hmm. midsummer disturbed me on a level that i still haven't like come to terms with yeah um this one i have to give it a five out of ten it definitely had, like, scary tones and scary atmosphere. But, like, the plot itself, I would say, is hardly original. Oh, no. Um, like, Midsummer was kind of like its own thing. Yeah. You know? I'm not saying there wasn't parts of that that weren't similar to other movies, but, like, that, like, kind of followed its own path the whole time. Like, this one, like, having somebody yeah. being prepared as a vessel and bad stuff happening to their family, uh, yeah, like, has been done a million times. Summoning a demon, um, p- demonic possessions, cultists. It, yeah, it, it's... That's so, what I was saying. The story is pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's just in the way it, it's done that it's good. Well, I mean, it was done different, and that's why I give it five stars, but... 
That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think so, I'll watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> you might appreciate it more the second I watched it. <laughs> like, I've watched Extraction like ten <laughs> times this year so far. Well, that's um, the thing. You need to watch it eleven times. <laughs> so, for my horror rating, um, I'm actually only going to give it a seven out of ten. Because... It's good. It's creepy. It makes me uncomfortable. But there weren't there weren't parts of it. I don't know. It was missing something. There was m- missing a little bit of spice in there, I think. So, I don't know what it was missing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would have made it better, but I'm going to say I'm going to give it an 8. Okay. Just because I was very unnerved by this oh i yeah i slept on the couch i i i was too afraid to get out of off the couch and go up to bed i'm sorry so i stayed there and just waited until morning to move upstairs yeah no i the movie really did get under my skin um yeah, and the only reason why I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 is because it's it's not quite fear as it is just... Dread. Dread. Dread's a good word for it, yeah. Okay. Just, just, yeah. Um, just being having your nerves shot, just being unner- generally unnerved, yeah. bothered by it. Okay. Vic? Um, I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10 for horror my horror rating um just for a lot of the same reasons uh i do feel like it kind of the way it escalates is a little weird for me like i usually like a little bit more of a progressions it like ramps up real high and then it just kind of like sits there for a little bit i don't know but plateaus yeah Yeah. in general i do like it has this really weird sense and the world building is just really strange and like it is uncomfortable the entire movie is uncomfortable and it it works for me because this whole thing is just the whole setting it just it puts me on edge and yeah so eight out of ten okay max i'm gonna give it a six out of ten um i kind of for the same reasons as before um see i i did not get that feeling of dread um like you did with midsummer like i did with midsummer mama yeah his house all three of those movies like for me at least kept it cranked up the whole movie yeah and like increased the pressure this one like i i don't know i just didn't it wasn't like till the last 20 minutes that like i felt really like as soon as steven burned like that's when really the tension started to build for me i felt like his death was so like unceremonious (laughs) like it it was just like like a And then, like, oh, it, it cuts to a different yeah, scene. And then the next yep. time you see him, he's dead. Like, it's, it's just... You don't, yeah. It was very... I don't... Yeah, it was just, He's not even acting like a person who's on fire. No. He's kind of just shuffling around <laughs> with his hands at his side going, yeah. Oh, oh, what yeah. do I do now? So, um, like, I mean, the parts where she's, like, following him on the ceiling and, like, there's naked people staring at him and stuff, like, that's really started to crank up for me. Um, so... Oh boy. Um, so yeah, that was 
That was hereditary. Heredity. Hereditary. Hereditary. What is his obsession? Like, we had to have the Midsummer Queen. And this one, we had to have the, the king. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rituals? I mean, he does have, like, an the affinity for the occult. unwell. I'll bet you that our master has studied anthropology at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always some kind, kind of, of ritual. Or he's just very interested in the occult. Like, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me, too. Like, I mean, not enough that I would make movies about it, but that's mostly because I don't know how to make movies. But, <laughs> like, I... It's just he's interesting. thought about this. He's clearly thought about this stuff so far in depth. Yeah. It's just... So, I don't know. I really... He must have gone through something. I like his movies a lot, and I... It's not that I liked Midsummer, <laughs> but it had such a profound effect on me. <laughs> it was hard to not rate it no, 10 out of 10. I just like, I like both of these movies a lot. And like, they are movies that I would watch maybe at least once a year, like eh. possibly even two. Eh. I like, they're not Jurassic Park for me where like I could watch them 15 times in a year and be fine. I haven't seen this movie There's since 20. fucking love Jurassic Park. And it was too soon. <laughs> they're stimulating i i think yeah. i would sooner watch midsummer definitely yeah i think i'm i would probably i'm probably gonna watch midsummer again and again and again <laughs> uh, i just like i think I love two it. times is good enough for me for a while at least yeah for, for this one i just i don't know it's just so interesting and tony so, collette is such a fabulous actress that like yeah. not watching it almost feels like a waste of her time like <laughs> <laughs> i don't fucking owe her anything so <laughs> by that logic you not going and buying everything that's ever been made is a waste of that person's time <laughs> <laughs> well i mean was it done this well because that's what i'm talking about like so work really hard to save up enough money to get a ferrari because <laughs> i'm sorry not a ferrari a um Oh, what is it? Lambo? No. Uh, Bugatti Veyron? That's the one. Bugatti. Okay. Um, so that's it. If you want to reach us, send us an email at hansofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Reach us on Instagram and stuff. I'm going to try and put up these pictures um, once I talk to Ryan and make sure it's cool with him that I yep. Yep, yep, yep. do all that stuff. And um, that's that's that. Um, Vic, it is Vic's pick. Vic's pick it next is. week. Next week, you can join us to listen to the movie that you've hopefully already watched by that time, which is called Werewolves Within. Oh, wait, is it plural or is it just singular? Hang on. Jesus Christ, you messed it up. I mean, it's that's one letter. Hell we came in, you we messed it up. <laughs> nope, Werewolves Within. Uh, it werewolves looks within. like it's going to be a more on the lighter side which we could really use I think I could really use after this uh, it's a, a kind of a funny creature feature I'm excited to check it out I don't I don't know anything about it I saw some of the previews it looks funny so I'm hoping it'll it'll hit a little bit better than the last one that I picked which wasn't a bad movie it just wasn't really um, a thing so Werewolves Within it is available to rent from YouTube Google Play Vudu and Amazon Prime so, so. Yes. hmm yep um, if you have the internet then you can get it <laughs> Uh, all right. Join us so... next time for our rambling review of Werewolves Within. Thanks, D-Pad. You're welcome. Yes, thank you for coming, D-Pad. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yes. As always, it was a pleasure. Bye. Uh, 
Oh, oh uh, D-pad, what were you going to say? I'm just going to, I was going to, I would normally uh, promote my channel at this point, but I am on a hiatus for mm. streaming. Mm. Like all the good rock bands, you need a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. 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 bye.